I'm Danny Fingeroth. I was the editor of the Spider-Man line, and I'm writing a biography of Stan Lee, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Perfect. See, I go away for a week, and you get it all down solid. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had a... I had a week off with the busted ear, so yeah, it works out. <laughs> Better than a busted ass. Well, it depends. How much fun did you have to get that busted ass? I, there was no ass busting at all involved. <laughs> yeah. It just pissed me off that I'm not up on the music scene, because if I knew what I know now, then I would have had a much better time. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Well, that's what happens when you know you don't get the latest issue Kerrang and shit. <laughs> I don't even. I don't think Fish is in Kerrang. No, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Did they still make? Does, does Hip Parader still get published? Oh no, that's way dead. Yeah, <laughs> I no. I mean, I don't think there are paper paper music ma- magazines anymore, other than I, Rolling Stone, right? Um, there's there's a little bit of sugar. I mean, there's the local shits. There's yeah. the because uh, I don't thing. think I'm pretty sure. I mean, the source is long gone. Uh, the source Rolling Stone sucks ass I, said, I would never even touch too, that magazine well, Rolling Stone's like a pamphlet now it's Fuck super it. thin. good, it should go away and it's, it's, it's mostly politics and celebrities anyway more than anything else yeah, it's, um, bullshit. it's bullshit but this is not bullshit of any kind no siree it is the 110C 11 o'clock comics episode 755 and I'm Vince B oof you are Vince B. Welcome back, Boo. Yay. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I also say welcome back, Boo, because I am Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, I think mm-hmm. we're going to have one that's the same among all of us, probably. I believe we are. Yes, but you're not Jimmy Olsen. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Awesome. Here together on this episode, sponsored by, no segue involved, Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. One more time, that's DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The specials that I picked. There's many more on their site, but I picked three for this month from Aftershock. It is Chicken Devil. Number one, written by Brian Bucciolato with art by Hayden Sherman. It's uh, it's probably an ongoing, um, but just in case you didn't hear me when I did the pitch earlier in the month, this is the last you're going to hear it. It's um, about a man who uh, owns a successful chain of Memphis hot chicken restaurants. Hmm. Uh, he discovers that his business partner is in bed with the mob and he owes them $2 million. Unfortunately, Mitch is ill-equipped to be a badass. He's just a guy who makes really good chicken. Can he protect his family from cold-blooded gangsters? Absolutely not. But maybe the chicken devil can. Da, da, da. If you've seen Hayden Sherman's work on Wasted Space, you know this guy is the real freaking deal. This is a four ninety nine book but you are going to get it for two dollars and 49 cents that's half price from oni press dirtbag rapture number one written by christopher sabella with art by kendall good with an e at the end the cover price is 3.99 
your price, tell them what they're going to pay. You don't 12 know? cents. Oh, <laughs> my box would be humongous. <laughs> no. $1.99. Jason on the ball. And last but certainly not least, from Red 5 Comics, it's Merlin and Hector. Uh, when I was ordering this, I said, Jason's going to be so far up my ass because I'm going to be talking about an Arthurian-related book. And, and you always say that I hate the Arthurian legend, and I don't. I really don't. It's just it's that... It's just because you have such hate for Camelot 3000. Oh, that book sucks balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before King Arthur, before Camelot, before Excalibur, there was Merlin, the swineherd a young man of an unexceptional past who has never even heard of magic. Merlin is looking at a life of hard work and small comfort until his farm is attacked one night by rampaging monsters. Only the local thief Hector believes him, but when the attacks increase, it will be up to these two outcasts to save their village. Now this book, I don't know if you know this, uh, written by Rodolfo Santulo, with art by Jock, that's J-O-K, not J-O-C-K. This book won an award in 2016. So this is a translation of a, um, I'm guessing, Bandesine, maybe uh, an Italian comic, I don't know. But it, this is not new. So it's probably going to come out with a regular frequency. You can bet on that. And it's award-winning. The Carlos Trio Award. Um, so the the visuals are amazing on this book. Red Five Comics, Merlin and Hector, three ninety five cover price. But you're laughing, you're giggling with glee because you know you're not going to pay anywhere near that. You're going to pay forty five percent off, two dollars and seventeen cents. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and they also don't mind when you tell them to hold your box because you went on vacation. I don't know if I should be saying this, but uh, Miss Yvonne at DCBService.com, I sent her a little email message and said, you know what, I can't trust the assholes back here to take my box out of the rain, so please, can you hold it for a week and then mail it, you know, send it when I'm home? And wouldn't you know it? She's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, she said, it's, it may be in the, in the process of being sent. Let me check on it. And then she sent me an email message. I got your box. We're going to hold it. And then... Sure enough, she sent it Monday when I was back, and I got it today. DCBService.com are the best. The absolute best. There's no doubt in my mind. That's the truth. Yeah. And by the way, happy belated, should have done this last week, happy belated 50th birthday to uh, the uh, the boss over there. Oh, happy birthday, Christina. Yes. Aww. Yeah. So she's younger than me. Interesting. You didn't realize that? Oh, I don't ask. Look at her. She looks younger. She looks about 30. Yeah, she's but got it. Yeah. Very, I would never young. ask a lady how old she is. That's just asking yeah, I for I presume trouble. I'm not airing her laundry because she was like all over the socials with it. It wasn't like okay. if, if a woman is vague about her age, I would never put it out there. But I only know that it was her 50th because she was all over the social selling, saying, I'm doing up my 50th right. So. But you know what? When you look that good and you're 50, you don't give a shit what people say. You're like, yeah, that's right. I'm 50. True that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dog. I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm 50 is the new 23. Nice. So I'm 27. 27. Also wanted to shout out uh, our good friend Brian Stringer. 
chatted yeah. with him this week. Nice. It's been a minute since we all talked Yep. Yep. It has. I want to hook up with him again. Give me some new pictures. He's ready. Oh, I got things planned. I So say we all. Yeah. All right. So let's put some WD-40 on this bus because we're a little, gre- a little uh, squeaky this time. I am drinking what? Sparkling water. But this Ooh. time, it's mandarin orange. Ooh, love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's good love stuff. It. Had, some bl- had some blood orange water yesterday. Oh, love the blood orange. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what say we all drink? Uh, can you drink wine next week? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Because the book of the month, right? We're doing that next week? Yes. Let's do some wine for the book of the month. We'll get all Masterpiece Theater uh better things club or the finer things club and uh we'll all drink wine while we're talking about the the book of the month next time perfect right. or the you mean you mean the books what of the month what is this what you say you? um for any, <laughs> obviously we 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 posted the we put the poll up after last week's episode so uh listeners who aren't patrons uh aren't privy to um to what was on the list, and I will run that down for you real quick. Uh, your August Book of the Month nominees were Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, 1975, the Roman numeral, Casey Joint, uh, The Ballad of Halo Jones, mm-hmm. The Final Night, Hawk World, Hellboy in Mexico, Kid Eternity, Poor One After Park Bench, that got no votes, uh, <laughs> Punisher, Welcome Back Frank. Pussy and world without end. You like that? No, when you said pussy, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of um, oh shit, the Robert Rodriguez movie, where where Cheech Marin was the barker outside of the the place going pussy, pussy, pussy. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, it was uh, dust till dawn. Yeah, dust till dawn. Yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the uh, poll closed. This afternoon, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, I was in a meeting that went way too long, and I didn't get to check uh, where everything stood before they closed. And uh, we end up with a tie. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. There are, uh, there, you know, I mean, some of the votes were kind of spread out neatly. There were a couple things that people really seemed to want to uh, want to read, but two in particular... Both end up with 26% of the votes, and they are Four Kids Walk Into a Bank and Hellboy in Mexico. So we will be reading both of them for next week. Yes. Four, kids into a ba- Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, I have the trade thanks to Flippa, and uh, thanks to a digital dark horse sale a bunch of years ago i have the hellboy in mexico one shot so i'm i'm good to go uh i know you guys are good to go otherwise they won't be on the list so that's what we're reading and yeah, i the, know that the um i'm sorry I, I know that the hellboy in mexico there is a a, a more deluxe version which has yeah. added stories i don't i know some of those stories are are uh, shorts from dark horse presents i don't think i have those so you i'm really it. just don't focusing worry. on the one you. shot no i okay. got you right. you have right. to read the the hellboy in mexico collection because it's there's bookends that make sense 
the, were those bookends part of Dark Horse Presents? Or no, were they? no. Because I do have a couple of the other. I'll, I'll show you what I have. But okay, that's fine. Either I way, got you. Good. I got you covered. Okay, yeah. so we're so 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 next week, our book of the month is times two. Uh, so please join us. But yeah, that that's and I am I'm absolutely fine with the wine. Hopefully, I'll I'll get a nice bottle so this way uh, nice. we can little bit of behind the scenes thing. Um, David had something on the list that I didn't want to read. So I was like, well, how about Hellboy in Mexico? That was like a, a <laughs> last, a, 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 not even 11th hour, later than 11th hour edition. And boom. I'm mad proud of the patrons. That's one of the reasons we wanted to do the the, the twofer instead of uh, we could have easily just broken the tie ourselves. But um, I, when Dapp sent the 11 this this month, I... I thought they were all good choices, but I assumed quite incorrectly that the Welcome <laughs> Home Frank was going to run away with it. Yeah, well, because see, it's been on the list a lot, and it's, uh, it's been on a couple times. But yeah. it's and but most times it's only gotten in like it has gotten to second place, but it's usually right. around third place. So there are other things that that people tend to. Yeah, it'll be on like, the list again next month because it's September and it's my turn to pick. So yeah, we'll see. It's like one of those those. Well, you guys aren't sports fans. I was going to say it's there's these guys that are on the Hall of Fame ballot for like a decade and they don't yeah. get the votes. And then one year it's just a vacuum where there's no obvious first ballot guys and they finally get in because everyone kind of like digs a little deeper. That's well, welcome back. Friend. It'll make it one of these times. It will. It will. I, I, you know, it'll be nice to see some Dylan art again. But um, yeah, I know the, the I don't. Was it a case that you really don't? think you'll want to read that story events because i just know it's not it's available on comiXology i didn't i didn't know what it was i'm just like okay. i don't know no, this title's kind of sitting right here i need to read it so i mean I is it this. about a, a teenage girl coming to terms with her burgeoning sexuality i mean <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> well i don't know either because i didn't read it but the art's really cool but uh and and she's a pip on twitter and she's cute not that that should uh sway anything when it comes to the voting but oh that sways uh, me yeah, I know it does. I'm trying to be the more mature professional, but right. uh, I know that we went way off the tracks, throwing in the book of the month and cut Jason off from his drink tonight. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. I'm I have a cup of coffee that's almost finished as we've been chatting here for the last few minutes, and then I have uh, unflavored water. Hmm, that's just water, straight from the filter. Straight wow, water. water. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like I said, it wasn't missing much. It is the elixir of life, though. That, that this is true. Oh, uh, dude, I must drink 120 to 150 ounces a day. Oh my god, this is, you could drink too much water, you know. You can. You can. can you? Yeah, it's possible to drink too much water. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've hit that yet. All right. And end up with the bloat. It must come like a jackhammer, though. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I wouldn't know. Uh Dap, what are you drinking? Uh I um it was uh it was muggier than a mug today and, and it was <laughs> didn't 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 cool off all that much this evening on, on the walk, but uh I decided to come home through some glass through some glass, through some ice and a uh in a highball glass and and I then and, and, and then I decided to add some uh some gin and tonic to that glass. Sweet. And then I'm going to follow that up because it's half done uh, with uh, this big-ass bottle of water I have next to me. Nice, nice. I'm a little giddy because I missed you guys. I missed you Aww. too. Yeah, I take a week off and it's like I felt 
there was a cosmic misalignment. Mm. You know, when you just, this, this is not right. It's a Thursday. Uh, I, I got nothing to do. It's nine o'clock and I should be sitting down with my friends and doing this thing. And it, I wasn't. Mm. So it was just strange. I, uh, I thought like I was again. there. I felt like I was on vacation with you because uh, Vinny Beats was posting the uh, the glamour photos. So <laughs> he is a good looking kid. He is a good looking kid. Is that what you yeah. used to look like? It's exactly what I used to look like. Did there you really? Why do you think I enjoyed my tenure at Burger King? Yeah, no wonder the pants yeah. were flying well, off. Well, you had the yeah. mullet though. He doesn't have the mullet. All right, this is true. I'm going first because uh, I've been away, so I figure, why not? Right? Yeah. Why are you pent up? I am. I have energy. Um, it again. There was a little bit of a, a an odd, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a tumbling of cosmic dominoes this week because everything I read, well, not everything. I'll just say a large chunk of the stuff I read for this episode featured visuals by artists I really love, but don't talk about all that much. And it got me thinking, like, why is that? Like, there are some guys that we and gals. That, whose work we really appreciate on on levels above the stuff we usually talk about, and yet we don't bring it to the show. And is, why is that? So uh, there are let's see one two three things that I'm going to to talk about briefly, um, featuring artwork by guys who should be omnipresent, as far as I'm concerned, on eleven o'clock comics from my mouth anyway, and one of them. And I'll get a hell yeah from Dap on this one. I was going through um, a big stack of Scary Monsters magazine. And you're going to ask, well, what the heck does Scary Monsters magazine have to do with comics, Vince? And I'll tell you, for the majority of the run of Scary Monsters magazine, the covers and a lot of interior art and their mascot, Sam Scare, was done by an artist I really love. And the, the guy's name's Terry Beatty. Yay. Yay. Um, and Terry is an absolute monster. And it's appropriate in this um, situation because in addition to Ms. Tree, I mean, we, we've talked about Ms. Tree before and the Batman animated stuff. Um, did you know that Terry did the Phantom and the Rex Morgan syndicated comic strip. Like, I, I had no idea that he did those. But anyway, that's, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The um, point I'm trying to make is that for the, uh, a nice chunk, at least 100 issues of Scary Monsters magazine, Terry Beatty was front and center because he did the covers. And the covers are amazing. I mean, the range on this guy... Uh, one cover would be a montage of Vincent Price, you know, Dr. Fibes, Vincent Price being himself, other, you know, roles of Vincent Price. Uh, Scary Monsters has a um, an annual yearbook type deal. It's called Monster Memories. Terry did the covers for those. We're talking Karloff, Lugosi. Um, he'll do uh, a horror host. He'll do... Uh, Elvira or Dr. Shock or Paul Bearer or Sven Gulli. And the covers are just amazing. And wrap around more often than not. And I'm thinking to my there's one that he did. Um it's a wrap around Frankenstein Monster cover. And it's 
you know, the Edison Frankenstein, Glenn Strange, Teenage Frankenstein, um, the Munsters, there's uh, Big Frankie, the Aurora model, um, Forey Ackerman as Frankenstein, there's the traditional Karloff Frankenstein, evil, like it's just a montage of Frankenstein monster heads. And it's beautiful. So I'm thinking, wow, I, I, I just love the work of Terry Beatty. But long-winded point I'm trying to make here, uh, the publisher of Scary Monsters, Dennis Druktenis, I think he just got his fill of the magazine and he he waited till after issue 100. He, he piloted that good ship, Scary Monsters, for 100 issues and then he sold it. He sold the magazine to someone else. And I don't know the, the behind-the-scenes shenanigans that went on but the current scary monsters they kept the numbering um so they're like on say 125 or whatever i don't even know the number but um when the magazine changed hands they got somebody else to do the covers Mm. yeah and this guy um is is very beholden to the digital uh, he's not bad per se, but he's no Terry Beatty. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me how a simple thing like changing the cover artist can transform the whole tone of the magazine. I mean, Scary Monsters is not a literary masterpiece by any means. It's 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 a magazine that's written by fans for fans. So um more often than not the 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 prose is not the best it's it's excited and it's warm and and loving but it's not you know there's 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 you're not going to read a piece and it's not castle of frankenstein right you're not going to read a piece and say man that was well written because it's not um but the the switching of the cover artist did something to the magazine, like an irreparable damage. I still buy it, and I, I enjoy it, but it's just not the same, right? Without the Terry Beatty covers, it's the, the, it, it, it's lacking, in my opinion. And it's just something so simple as the thing that you open to get to the meat of the book. It shouldn't really be a deal-breaker, and it's, it's, it's not. But what I'm saying is the magazine, the tone has shifted, uh, for me, not seeing Terry Beatty on the front of this magazine every whenever it comes out, and that's that's the sign of a valuable visual stylist to me. When somebody could do something for a hundred issues and then they go away, and you're just like, well, I, this is not the same anymore. It's a, the, that that warm and fuzzy monster kid approach. Like you could tell that Terry Beatty loves horror films. You can't produce covers on this level, uh, on his level, without loving. Like Barnabas Collins and Kolshak, the Night Stalker, just amazing covers. And, and knowing these films, you could spot the references, but Terry makes them his own, right? He just doesn't, he's not a tracer. He's, he's a very talented artist and sculptor, by the way. Oh, I love it. Um, that was awesome. Um, but so yeah, I I really love Terry Beatty's work, and one of these times we're going to make sure that Ms. Tree wins the book of the month. Yes. So we can gush about Terry Beatty's work even more. Right? Yeah. 
But I mean, if if you have a couple minutes, like I have almost seen, I have the 100 issue run of Scary Monsters. Now I'm I'm I don't buy it all the time. Um, I'll pick it up if the contents are appealing. But before I would buy it, no questions, because Terry Beatty did the covers. So I got a nice hundred issue run that I can go back to. It's not, you know, they're not buried. They're there. I can revisit them whenever I want. But uh, again, long-winded way of saying that um, we're creatures of habit, right? And and that 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 tone that Terry established with the magazine is no longer there. So artists are valuable, right? They're, this new publisher is, you know, literally losing money. Because, I mean, at least in my case, I'm not buying it all the time because Terry Beatty's not on the on the cover. So we should treat, uh, and again, I don't know any of the specifics of what went on behind the scenes. Uh, Mary, maybe Terry was loyal to Dennis and said, well, you're not doing it, I'm not doing it. I don't know. But uh, could be that he had too much work with the syndicated strips. Again, z- I have zero knowledge of what went on behind the scenes. But... Go give Terry Beatty a hug if you see him because he is amazing. He amazing. Is, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I am not familiar with his scary monsters work. Oh, I, just I Google it. From, uh, I will. I absolutely will. Uh, unless they're in the gallery. But the, um, hmm. uh, didn't even think of it. I, I am, um, I'm obviously familiar with his work from, from Mystery, of course. I, uh, I got a kick out of Wild Dog when 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 DC Hell yeah. published that miniseries and uh, yeah I mean and I've 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 seen his name here and there but yeah uh, he is he's he's not um, he's not Eric Canetti he, he, he's not you know Pepe Larras he's not he's got a different style but a lot of his his work is great I mean obviously not with the monster stuff but when I think of when I think of Terry's work I think of the more grounded in the real world where you know people are just people might uh not everybody's standing around posing or being flashy that are just wearing normal everyday regular people clothes and he does yeah. that so well just yeah, you yeah. know someone walking into a walking to a building getting out of a car things like that and it's just it's it it, it just works it's all it's not it's not flashy and bombastic but it's he, he's just that's not the story he's telling so it it, it absolutely fits especially with max allen collins they do really well work they did great work together. oh yeah yeah i, I totally uh, agree but it, it, he just captured that whole um era where you know the monster magazines were omnipresent and it, it was just a, a a commingling of the horror host aesthetic with the the Saturday morning monster, uh, you know, the shock theater and all that stuff. He just nails it every cover. And, um, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he definitely doesn't. Uh, he doesn't get the love, I think, other art, a lot of artists should, right. should get. So but. we should at least have a, a once every other month have like a Terry B thing. I love it, and of all the all the creators that we'd have to have a, an episode for, or 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 a uh, a, a tribute to, would be, I mean, we we'd never do any regular episodes. But what the um, I don't know if you ever thumbed through the uh, the hard case Titans collections that uh, that they're putting out for Mystery, but did you you do know that they're not they're not in published 
No, much. yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a little Which weird. I think it is weird. It is weird. But, you know, I'm 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 okay with it the way they explained it in in the introduction is that you know the DC stuff that came later is I think if if you're not familiar with the character or her world then these are the stories that I think will get you more interested into the character. The early stuff I, I'd love to read and I, I want other people to, but uh, I don't know if that would be a turnoff or if there would be a lot of um, heavy lifting to get to, to find out, you know, why this character was so loved during the, uh, the eighties. But um, I'm just glad to see it reprinted period. I, uh, the more people that are aware of, of the character, I'm, I'm happy to see. Yeah. So that's just part one. Part one. Part the first. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we have? Well, we got, I mean, we have the completion of an eight-issue series that is very near and dear to our man over there, Dap. All the way over here. Yeah, yeah, COVID, uh, COVID decided to delay it a little bit, which which I had to took a minute <laughs> because uh, you know at at New York Comic Con in 2019, I'm, I'm I'm standing at Matt and Brennan's table, and I'm like, yeah, so you know we're not you're not uh, it's it's eight months, right? Like, boom, you're gonna and and then he said, yeah, no, no, we're we're, we're good, man. We're gonna it, it, no no breaks, no delays, no uh, no pausing for you know a four issue trade in between. So I was like, that's awesome. Um, and then I think the next month something came up where it was going to be a delay. But then after that, then of course we were on lockdown. So, um, you know, I, yes, it was unfortunate that Grendel Devil's Odyssey took a while longer than expected to finish. But at least, uh, if you follow Matt on, on Facebook, he was doing, uh, you know, the, the quarantine gallery where every day he was posting a commission or a page or, or whatever he was doing over the years or even something new. So he was, um, Staying plugged in and, and connecting with his fans. But, uh, yeah, so Grendel Devil's Odyssey, the eighth issue, uh, came out a couple weeks ago, uh, wrapping up this miniseries, which if you get to the end of the eighth issue, you find out it's not the end of Grendel Prime. Not the end. <laughs> yeah. Why, like, like and you got that sent, I mean, didn't you get, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I read the first issue when it came out the day of, and then waited because i i was like let me make sure this all comes out on time blah, blah blah and i'm glad i did but then so i went back and read the first issue over and so i read the whole thing this week and i have to say that um probably like when i finished up the fifth issue i thought well how, how's this gonna, like there's not doesn't seem like he's gonna have to really turn on the afterburners here if he's gonna wrap this up because yes because because and we we spoke at length on the first issue when it came out but like i, I mean i I thought that he was setting up this story such that by the end of the issue, eighth issue, we would get um, like, I thought we would progress through a lot more time than we did. Um, well, we that's, that's a, that's actually not the right way to say it. Cause, cause they're, <laughs> they actually do progress through quite a bit of time yeah, in this series. Yeah. But, but I meant like in terms of plot, I thought he would like Rendell promise sent in the first issue on a mission by the the con to find a new place for earth uh, a new a new place for earthlings to, to live for humans to live and i thought by the end of the issue eighth issue we would either a have found a place uh, or b would have even gone beyond that and 
you would have had the part of Earth re- arriving and then seeing what was to come of 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 the new of the new civilization and whether some of the apprehensions that we were being uh, presented with over the course of of things would play out. So, needless to say, by the time we got and certainly by the by the time I was ready to read the eighth issue, I thought, well, this can't be the end. I, I don't I don't see how this I don't see how we're going to get a satisfying ending to this quest, uh, given how little we have left of the book. And and lo and behold, we've got at least twelve more issues, right? So four or yeah, three, three three miniseries, three, yeah, yeah, three four issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, it's um, yeah, you're right. It, it you were you know as as, as you're just cruising along. Um, you know, part of me is like, okay, so is he going to find a planet and then you get to finish writing the story in your mind because he, he lets earth know and he has to wait for earth to get here. Or, um, he goes, we're going to see him fly back to earth to start bringing people. I, you know, I'm not trying to write the story, so I'm just gonna see where Matt's taking it. But, Mm -hmm. um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't, and it was going to take a long time. And obviously he's a cyborg, so he can, you know, we're not worried about whether or not someone's going to uh, die of old age on the trip. Um, But it does take an awful long time. The course of the series goes through uh, a few hundred years. And we, um, when we get to, uh, when we do get to the end, it's weird that even after all this time, uh, although we don't know when, when you get to the last page, I'm not going to spoil anything, but when you get to the last page and there's this big warning sign, I'm like, well, if he's been gone this long, how long have these people, how long has this crusade right, right. been going on? Or was it something that just recently happened? And he just, so it's, I'm waiting to see where, because obviously now we're back on earth and we got to find out what's, how we got here. But um, yeah, it was, I mean, overall, the, the story was it, it it was witty there there were some really funny moments uh siggy is a great character mm-hmm. um but there's it there were definitely a couple of issues where i felt that uh matt was working out some things and yes, uh, yes. especially in the seventh issue the where seventh i'm like okay yeah. yeah uh and and if um if if I'm not going to speak for the man on where he stands politically, but uh, depending on how you One felt about us. the last four One years, <laughs> uh, you're you're either going to enjoy it or or you're uh, you're going to swear off Matt Wagner forever. But it it was right. um it was I mean listen it, it's anytime we're getting more Grendel I'm I'm here for it I um you know, Prime might not be uh my favorite Grendel he's the current Grendel is what we have and and I'm happy to see the the, the idea of Grendel continue um, and, and even so far into the future. I mean, it's like Dr. Who at this point where it's like, how, how old is the idea of Grendel at, at, at this point? And uh, it was, um, and we got a little bit, we got to know a little bit more of the cyborg, the, the, the human side of, of the cyborg a little bit here and there. We got some, uh, we got some flashbacks or at least some memories. Um, but it was, uh, it was a hell of a ride, man. I enjoyed it a lot. How much, um, how much Grendel Prime has there been before this? There is, there's, um, there's War Child, which is where he was introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, I think it's called Past Prime. There's, there, there's a prose novel that Greg Rucker wrote 
featuring oh, that character. Yeah, um, and it's great. And and of course he does some spot illustrations. Um, the Wagner does, and there's um. That's as far as main stories go. That oh, and and there's the second Batman Grendel crossover. The first one was with Hunter Rose. The second one is with uh, is Grind- Grendel comes back to Gotham, mm-hmm, but this time yeah. it's Grendel Prime. Um, so it's, it's not, not a like, ton, not a ton. Yeah, oh, and 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 that's that's the same same can be said for all the iterations of Grendel. Okay, uh, okay. Hunt, Hunter Rose is in. I mean, aside from the the anthology miniseries that Wagner has written over the years and the uh the follow-up eight issue miniseries a bunch of years ago you know hunter rose was aside from grendel primer aside from kamiko primer the uh the the three issues there he was only in the the backup in mage so there wasn't a lot of hunter rose christine spar got 12 issues uh brian lee sung got three issues uh epi thatcher got uh, eight or ten, maybe. So I mean, they were only uh, the the the, the Kamiko series for Grendel only lasted about maybe sixty issues, and so so every every arc is a different version of Grendel. So there hasn't been a ton of appearances of any particular Grendel over the years. We've gotten a lot of Grendel Prime lately, but um, but yeah, they're they're there isn't necessarily. You can't look back and say, okay, you know, do we have? Is there more? Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner stories. There's just there's Grendel stories, and depending on what miniseries or which issue you pick up, um, you don't know really who you're going to get. Right. Okay. No, I only ask because I do think Wagner does allude to there being a pretty rich backstory here. I mean, when when Prime shows up to to at the con's bequest, he's alludes to the fact that he's given up on humanity and his role as as a Grendel as a Prime long ago, but but he still has these uh, embedded uh, loyalty commands that if, if if she goes ahead and asks him to do it, he has to do it, and he will, um, and she does. But uh, And then there were these occasional, during the eight issues, there were occasional flashbacks. And I must say that I don't think Matt did people who aren't totally familiar with the source material any favors because... Yeah, I know there was a little bit of the turning of the panel borders red and whatnot. So, but 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 if you didn't pick up on that right away, like I, the, the I had to, a couple times double check to make sure it was a flashback, and and I'm like, okay, well this must be a flashback because otherwise it's not doesn't make sense in the context of what came before it. Um, yeah, I, I so first of all, the art was incredible. I, 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 it it I wish we got somehow could could inspire Matt in his uh in his semi-retired life to decide to do a monthly book for a while. That would be awesome. <laughs> Cause dude is phenomenal. Uh, it really is joy. The whole thing was a sight to behold. Um, now the, the story I'm with you. I, I liked it a lot, but I kind of liken it to how I feel about a lot of, uh, really well done streaming shows these days, including some of the Disney Marvel stuff. There's a point in a lot of these streaming shows usually in somewhere in the middle where I feel that it's in the middle and I'm thinking, ah, we, we like when I'm done with the series, I'm like, man, we really didn't like, like they really kind of stretched out that middle there. We, we, could have, we could have hit home with four or five episodes. It would have been more impactful. And I get why they don't. I kind of felt like that about this. Like I, I, I set up, which was kind of star Trekky, right? Like the whole premise was okay. 
they got to find a planet. So each episode, each issue is going to be them on a different planet, and there's going to be hijinks that are going to ensue. And that's a lot of fun. I was totally into that. And then, like you said, he probably because of the pandemic, probably because of how freaking tense we all were in the moment, he, you know, he very much kind of goes from alluding to social issues to just being as on the nose of a Trump parody as you can get. I mean, uh, it was this little alien creature that was the king or the whatever they called the emperor, and he had a ridiculous comb over Buffant and. He used the words like bigly, and he used all the Trumpisms directly. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even there. And and I gotta say, like, and I, you know, I, if push came to shove, I would say this: if he's back on the show, I, I really, I disliked it. I really, it really pulled me out of the story. I, I, I wish I could re- erase that issue from my memory of the series because it was. I'm all for a little bit of, of of social commentary and satire for sure, and I totally get the emotions that were probably going through him when he wanted to create that scene so that Prime could eviscerate this little Trumpling. I get that. But, uh, you know, viscerally get that. We're all on the same side of that ledger. But uh, I just thought it was too on the nose, man. Like, like, like when you start drawing him to look like Trump and you start saying stuff like Bigly and, 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 and fake news, it just, it just felt like he couldn't – it felt like in whatever moments he was creating an issue, he couldn't separate – his personal real life angst and trauma with his trying to tell this futuristic sci-fi story. And we all were there. We all had moments where we felt like probably we weren't working to our capacity or couldn't concentrate on work. So I get it. Like I lived it too, but selfishly as a consumer of it, I, I really, that really took me out. I was like, Oh man, like, and then he veers back. I mean, like, that you know it's like an else like there's the one world and he deals with it and then he moves on and and we and we move on and it's back to being great and it finishes well so um and and even even if you think about how it finishes and we'll be vague on the ending but like when they encounter that last world or that last not world per se but that last groupings of worlds there's strong social commentary there about about us as a a species as a a society and and while that's you don't have to dig deep to understand the point he's making there. I liked that because it was still within the context of the story. And sure, it was obvious the point he was trying to make, but it was poignant and it wasn't just on the nose. Like he wasn't punching you in the face with it. It was like something that, that just made a lot of sense as a social commentary within the context of the story we were reading. And I really appreciated that. So the Trump issue just, felt like a momentary lapse of of reason and look we were all on tilt in the in those few months like we were on tilt so i get it like again i i was like that too if you were evaluating my work performance i'm sure i had moments that people were like what's going on with wood um so like i'm not mad at him for it and he is who he is and it's his book and he owns it and he can do whatever the hell he wants but i i wish i could like custom make a trade where <laughs> or a hardcover where i get the seven issues uh, and and I think I would like I would love that that would be like a ninety eight out of a hundred, whereas because of this Trump thing and and keep in mind I read it all in one sitting this week so I so so it's much fresher on my mind than if I had read that issue and then moved on and waited a month or two for the next one, um yeah so so I'm I'm, I'm going too long into saying that I I really did like the series very much, uh in all ways save for that and but that was a, like a bummer for me that one issue, uh, the, can I go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to get a word 
Um, yeah. well, because I haven't read this completely yet, but mm-hmm. as far as that, um, you can call it a selfish, uh, self appeasement. Um, yeah. he's always done stuff like that. Uh, if you go back and you read the, the Kamiko Grendel from beginning to end, he will just embark on a flight of fancy just because like he felt mm-hmm. like doing a Harvey Kurtzman pastiche. So he did it. Right, that his books have always been a mouthpiece for whatever he's feeling at the time. Um, Mage more than Grendel, but it's still there in Grendel. Like uh, mm-hmm. he'll just take, turn on a dime and and explore something in which he's interested or uh, has something of value to say, and then he just goes back to the you know the regular um, regular in quotes uh, narrative. So I I don't find it um, an anomaly. Uh, at all with his, sure. his stuff, I think it's just because it's Trump, and 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 everyone's mileage may vary, but I have very much enjoyed being able to forget that Trump exists. That's you know that's where and and I read I I read issue seven recently, and and then I I, I read number eight because I finally got it um, over the weekend when I went in for New Comic Book Day, and um and I think because it's it's August now. We're we're almost a year away from the last election, and and I was I, I'm in I'm in a good enough place I think where I can kind of it basically this is just if this if, if this came out when it was supposed to come out it might feel a little bit more relevant or I'd be like okay yeah I understand you know it's 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 cathartic he's, and that's fine but because we are there's 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 been a bit of a distance between the bullshit from the past four years to some degree um not big enough it's, now no definitely not big enough but it it its inclusion in this in in the eight issues is is a um is kind of glaring and and it doesn't you know it's still it's still a world he's trying to find out if he should and, and he was on this world for a year before he meets gamma and, right and right, right. you know so it's it whatever was going on um with Prime and and with Siggy and and him being this this herald and but it's um it wait he named the Trump analog gamma yeah <laughs> yeah it was great. his name is uh, his name is uh, Gamma Garage that is G A M A G O R A C H that is nice um, yeah it was great it was I mean and and he shows up and is this little frog looking dude and and yeah like the, the basically the image that that you see of uh, Trump's from side looking like a pelican that that that's kind of like what this thing looks like but nice. the um and 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 Brennan did some fantastic work on the colors I I get I I I don't. I definitely get where you're coming from with 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 that, Jason. That that's yeah, and that's just personal baggage. I mean, let yeah. me be clear. I, I don't. Right. It, it's absolutely his prerogative to do it, and 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 if it doesn't take other people's out of the story, heck, for some people it may be a plus. It may tickle you to see it. Um, I, just just where I'm at, I, I I I you know I have PTSD over him being yeah. president, and I I just don't. I'm never going to forget that he was. Uh, I'm never going to forget it, even if I'd love to. So I just don't need the on the nose in right. my in my comics. It's just for and again, it's just personal. This is it's a me thing, not a him. I again, I, it's not a flaw of his storytelling. It's just for me. It was like, oof. I'd feel the same way if I was watching, uh, you know, 
at one of these An Disney shows. And, and yeah, right. right. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, all go, of a yeah. sudden there was a guy that looked and acted just like Trump and was calling people, you know, like you know, grabbing the puss. Like I, I would be like, oh, you know, I mean, just would feel just like, okay. I mean, right. You know. We lived it. We don't need to experience it yeah, in our, yeah, in our yeah. uh, escapist literature. Right, yeah, right, right. I get right. it. The, the, but uh, God damn, is Wagner an incredible artist? I oh, mean, hell just, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so following, so yeah, he, um, the, the last page of the, um, of the eighth issue, um, Devil's Odyssey leads to a continuation that spans three consecutive four issue miniseries, um, or four issue series. Um, Grendel, Devil's Crucible will make up three parts Defiance, Sedition, and Necrotic. And uh, issue one is coming next. It wasn't in this month's previews, but I will obviously be waiting for it. But yeah, um, awesome. This this was. Uh, I, listen, I he, he says I'm bringing Grendel back, and and obviously, I, I'm there. I don't. It, it could have been. It, it could have been the wit and wisdom of Lobo with, with Grendel. <laughs> on the cover. I'd have fucking bending. I afford. All right, yeah, trade paperback of blank pages, no doubt. But it, how many? It's, you, I'm glad you explained that because how many people are actually going to get? Yeah, that? I know. And yeah. I, dude, I bought that set. I bought the slipcase, and I open it up, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yep. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that's 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 Grendel Devil's Odyssey. Uh, I definitely recommend it. And to um, it looks like Jason, there's a total of uh, between War Child Devil's Odyssey, Batman Grendel, uh, and there's two appearances in uh, in Grendel Tales Devils and Deaths, and that's all of uh, your Grendel Prime to date neat okay well um uh, there's something on our list that we all read i think yes. we should we should talk about that okay uh i am speaking about a recently released book from marvel called defenders number one which was written uh conceived by al ewing and Javier Rodriguez with uh, Alvaro Lopez on inks. Uh, you know, True Confessions, this is a book that I uh, eagerly awaited. And uh, visually, man, it's, it's a uh, virtuoso performance. I think Rodriguez's art is just impeccable in this book. His layouts... Uh, they're, some of them are very complex. He pulls them off with a plum. The, the art is just astoundingly good. Um, it's one of those books that, you know, I could see fledgling illustrators consulting to just like, how do I solve this visual problem? Well, look what, uh, Javier did in this book. He, he did a, just an amazing job. The, the visuals are impeccable. They're outstanding. I thought the story was shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't sugarcoat. No, I. This is this book to me. It 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 it's unreadable bullshit. There, there. I think it's just characters and concepts manipulated without soul. This book is there. It's soulless. I. I it, it's just a bunch wow, of. Jesus. No, I mean, could you tell me what happened in this book? Well, why don't you finish? I mean, I don't want to like. I mean, it, it it's it's it sounds cool on paper, right? Um, 
there's this character named Carlo Zoda um, who's whatever going to destroy the universe or something and and Doctor Strange has to assemble a team to combat this and he consults the tarot and and the you know he's guided by the cards in whom to select and it 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 touches into you know Marvel events past and present uh, most notably Marvel uh, comics number a thousand. Um, I, I, I just, um, I had no gumption to turn the page, not the visuals. Again, I thought the visuals were just outstanding. It's, it's, it's probably, yeah, he said it. It's probably one of the better illustrated Marvel books in a long, long time. It's just great looking. It's it's just gobbledygook it's just it's it's ridiculous i don't have the will to to go in and decipher exactly what's going on because it's presented in such a way it's obtuse it makes no sense to me it it again i i I, this is the best way i can say it this book feels like it's was written by a robot who who just threw a bunch of cool concepts in a in a processor and and strung them together it has no soul that's the only way I can put it. it. It was actually a chore to read this book. Okay. Um, well, first of all, uh, I'm 100% with you on how you started, which is uh, <laughs> that which, which is that, no, I mean, I, I think Javier Rodriguez, and I've been a big proponent of his work for a long time. I mean, I, the 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 Marvel Universe book he did with Wade a year and a half ago that they put on a treasury's just jaw dropping and yeah uh, yeah I mean he's he, all all of his Marvel stuff has been just phenomenal so I'm with you I, I I think he is probably on a very short list of the of the most underappreciated artists working today I, I think he's that good uh, he he and I think he saves this book for me in the sense that I thought it was a visual treat, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say he's tried more, but, but I, I, I thought it was as daring in an unconventional way for a big two book that we saw from yeah. trad with the, with the silver surfer. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm there for it. Um, I prefer Rodriguez for some reasons. That's so, okay. Uh, I prefer Rodriguez over more. I love more, but I think Rodriguez has an edge on him. I think he has a more erudite, uh compositional style um his pieces all fit the layouts are just amazing in this book and he's got a lot of moving parts to work with right um yeah again i don't want to beat a dead horse but visually i thought this book was stunning yeah yeah and and uh sorry I, i'm trying to like mute as in between talking because my dogs are barking i think my son's coming in the house and they're barking at the car but um yeah now, my takeaway, if you had said, all right, why don't you tell us what you thought of the book to start, was that um, the art was phenomenal. I I love the idea of a Defenders comic being back, but I thought, and I and I, I think we're all generally fans of Al Ewing's work, but I would have, but my takeaway was like, I, regardless of what I thought of it, I would be stunned if the average person that picks up this book isn't absolutely baffled by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, because I have such faith in Al Ewing, I didn't come away with the hard take that you did, which was like that it just the plot didn't make any sense. I came away, I guess, a little more open minded to the fact that it was a, a big ask, 
And I don't know that I held on to the bucking Bronco the whole ride, but because of the art and because of Dow Ewing, I'll be back for the next issue and see if they can get me more comfortable in the saddle. It's kind of where I am. Yeah, I mean, having read the majority of of um, his Hulk work, this doesn't even seem like it's written by the same guy. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, it, I mean, except I, for Harpy showing up, it's like I don't. I it, I wouldn't have. And even that, I mean, Harpy's not enough to be like, oh, it must be an Al Ewing book. But no, I I, I agree with what you're saying. Well, it comes down to. Um, writers have sometimes have clarity of thought and sometimes they don't right like so maybe maybe he his ability to his vision for voicing Stephen Strange maybe is going to be a little bit of a whiff versus when he had a very bold and uh, un, un unique take on on the Hulk it worked and and I I will I will bring up the point that if Folks, go back to the to the Wayback Machine and listen to the three of us talking about uh, the first issue of the Hulk. We dismissed it. We did, but at least that issue made sense, right? Um, this just feels like uh, I don't know if he was if it was a nod to the the old Marvel trope where you know hero meets hero and they fight and then they decide, well, wait a minute, why are we fighting? There's bigger fish to fry. I mean, how many Marvel books in at least the Bronze Age had that happened? Like almost every one of them were at least every issue of Marvel Team Up for a while, right? And Marvel, yeah, Marvel I mean, Two and one, it, it was a thing. But right. the thing that I'm getting at is maybe he should have taken the three pages where um, you know Doctor Strange is is going toe to toe with this uh, masked raider to better shore up the plot of this thing. Like the master Raider knows he's going to consult Dr. Strange. Just tell him what you want, right? Yeah. There's a problem. We got, right. We got to fight, but he's sneaking in. And then the thing that made me giggle was, okay, you got this formidable opponent and Dr. Strange, who's a brown belt takes him out. Like, it's just silly. It's, I mean, I I like, I like silly. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, just like the ridiculous. Yeah, I, the, uh, the sound effects are neat because it's a thumb. And the foam, um, foam with the silver server that was cute. I mean, there's there's um, I, I think yeah, it's the first issue, so I'm not gonna beat them up because I mean, it's the first issue, what five? But there's you know, not every writer can write every character. I don't think you know that some some characters are just don't. Writer can't really get a handle on, or at least based on what you know you've been reading over the years, doesn't really sound right. I don't know based on everything else I've read by Ewing, um, uh, the Master Raider, because I think Marvel Comics One Thousand was mostly Al's brainchild. But uh, so I'm going to go on a limb and say Master Raider is probably his baby. So of course, you know, I want to put him in a story. Um, you're going to call it the Defender, so of course Doctor Strange has to be in it. Sure, but I I don't know if I, I'm going to need another issue or two to find out if 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 he's good at writing Doctor Strange, or at least what I would think is. But I don't. It's it's. I understand that you know the Defenders are usually pulled together to not a team in a traditional sense, and and they're kind of an oddball kind of group, but. Um, 
every every iteration of defenders that I've read over the years, there've been characters in here that I've the the group consists of of characters I like, or at least I want to read about, and and I'm not really getting that yet with this first issue. And again, it is the first issue; he's setting everything up, um, and then we end on on a bit of a cliffhanger, so we got to find out where we're going. But um, visually, it's gorgeous. But I am not. Yeah, I I, um, I I wasn't in love with what I read. Yeah. Uh- and Ewing is is doing these little conceptual nuggets that he, we've seen him do in Immortal Hulk, like when when uh, the time travel spell, when Zoda's in the magic circle. The candles are the color of process inks, cyan, magenta, and yellow. So he's saying something about the 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 process of creating art, as well as a part of the narrative of this story i it's it's neat right i want to love this thing a million times more than i did it's just uh, uh, it's it's impenetrable it's there's just if if you want me to invest myself in a story and i don't believe i'm saying this but okay um like where's the where's the human element in this thing like what does all this mean Okay, we got to fight this guy because the universe is threatened. All right, well, give me something to to chew on. Give me something to work with from a pers- from a vantage point of being a human organism. How does this relate to anything? It's just a a a, a bunch of vignettes all stuck together that that have to me like only one connection. Doctor Strange is getting the band together. Other than that, this this is the whole thing is meaningless to me. It. I don't know who this. This. I don't. I'm just. I'm lost for words. I really am. Because like I. I. You know me and defenders. Like I. That's my favorite Marvel team. And that. This is not sour grapes on my part. This is nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um. I just expected it to be readable on some level, and I really don't think it is. Yeah. Remember too. I mean, he does have some history, at least with the concept of the defenders. He. He wrote the bookend. He bookended the five-issue Defenders Best Defense uh, event a few years ago, because mm-hmm. um, the it opened with the Immortal Hulk one. They were all one shots. He, he wrote the the. I know he wrote the Immortal Hulk one, and then I know he wrote the. So there was the Hulk, the Namor, Doctor Strange, and Surfer, and then there was the final Defenders Best Defense, and I know he wrote that, but he didn't write the Strange issue. That was Jerry Duggan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, I I definitely thought it was close to impenetrable. Like, I was like, oh, boy. The, like, you know, and, and, and I shouldn't give a hoot about the commerce of it, but as I was reading, I'm thinking like, hmm. I'm like, I, as someone who would love a nice, meaty Defenders run, uh, selfishly i'd love that especially if javier is going to stick around and draw it i don't know that this is going to get us there <laughs> right that, right you know I, I see a lot of people trying to be like ah, i don't know what the hell just happened i'm out <laughs> i think it's 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 a chasm into which a lot of clever writers fall uh grant morrison being the the poster child for that right mm-hmm. that where you got these really cool concepts and um you know and the, the, because you know we're the human organism you 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 struggle like in lovecraftian terms to wrap your mind around what's going on 
and it, it it very well may play into you know his purpose here, and I'm sure it will. But the I think the job of a first issue is to to make me want to buy the second one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sure, this sure. does not do that. There there are things in here that I think. I mean, if you're going to manipulate the tarot, you got my attention right from the get-go. And there's tarot stuff in, in Immortal Hulk, too, so it's not a surprise. But this androgynous Adam uh, person, they're cool, but what does it all mean? Like, how do these numbers add together to solve for X? I, 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 I don't understand. I, like you said, it, it, it's like banging my head against the wall trying to decipher what's going on here and it's i don't know and i read it twice so it's not like i didn't give it it's it's due diligence it's just uh, i i don't know i just tried i tried i did i don't i don't hate it maybe i shouldn't have called it shit but i mean that's just a word i use when when i'm displeased with something oh it was shit (laughs) it's it's not it's not poop it's just it's it's very hard to to translate what is what is going on here yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bummer. I uh, definitely was super stoked to, to to open it up. But I tell you, I would love to own one of these pages. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No that, doubt about that. That is for 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 sure. Yeah. Um, the guy is just a remarkable talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I hope it sells uh, well enough. Um, we'll see what happens. Yep. Enough of that. What else we got? <laughs> Unless Dap wants to say something else about it, I I have nothing else to say. No, no. I mean, aside from um, Surfer and Strange and 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 Mass Raiders, three or four pages from the one shot a couple years ago. Um, I know virtually nothing about the Cloud. And um, I thought it was Will of the Wisp at first. <laughs> I wish. Oh, that right. Been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, I'm in like when the second issue comes around, I'll, I, I'll, I'll read it because I want to see where we're going. But it, it, it's not something that I'm big. Oh snap! Second issue. Let me get on that. Yeah. Um, briefly before we move on, I'm not going to get too into it. Uh, but it's another one of those. Damn! Why don't we talk this about this guy more? Uh, I read X Men Legends number six. Okay. Peter David wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg did the color art. But yeah. uh, my point of bringing this up is because uh-huh. it was illustrated by Todd Nock. And I, I the, the word to use whenever I encounter his art, I, I adore his art. Uh, there was a time when Todd seemed to be everywhere in the Marvel Universe, right? And then Todd went away. And I was reminded of his absence by this X-Men Legends series. He hasn't, this isn't the only issue he drew. I, I just love this guy's work. Like, he's so dynamic and he renders these characters with such, I just see love on the page, right? Yeah. It, it, it takes place between X-Factor 75 and 76. So it's, you got Dr. Doom experimenting on these latvarian youths they're they're mutants um havoc is exerting his authority rain is is pivoting between um uh you know the emotional state and and 
doing what she thinks is right. It's standard stuff. It's I mean, they're not breaking any ground with the storyline, but the visuals, like when when Nock draws Doctor Doom, it is just magnificent, man. It is, and he 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 does it with a knowledge that Doom is scarred underneath the mask. Like a lot of people, they'll just you know they don't do the details around the eyes with mm-hmm. the the rippled skin. Like it's amazing. He just did a fantastic job, and and Rain you know goes back and forth between cute little. Um, girl uh to, uh not little but and then when when she uh, assumes the wolf form it's just a um, wonderful it's uh, i love todd knock this nothing wrong with that yeah did, I just, uh did you read that recent uh star girl summer spectacular i did and i love that too okay yeah yeah i just think he's a if i had a laundry list of perfect superhero artists right ordway would be on there um a bunch of guys yeah grummet of course i would put todd knock on that i think in the language of superheroics he's one of the best yeah he is and and for all accounts every time i anything i've come across he seems like a genuinely nice dude too yeah this is true yeah jason you like knock stuff i do yeah yeah like i said i i think he uh he was one of the first commissions I ever got. I think I got that first New York Comic Con. I got a, oddly enough, I got a Polaris from him, and it was penciled, which is even stranger. Well, uh, before I had my commission game figured out and what I really liked and didn't like, but uh, yeah, she's in this issue. There you go. Yeah, no, she. You know, he's great. He uh, he definitely seems like one of those dudes that's like all smiles. Yeah. And uh, for people that haven't seen him, he's the spitting image of the out of shape Peter Parker from the Miles Morales. Uh, uh, in <laughs> fact, the Spider Verse. He, yeah. he loved cosplaying as that character after the movie came out. He's a big cosplayer as well. Mm-hmm. Loves the cosplay. Yeah. He's so good. And and again, like, why isn't he utilized more? It's yeah, not. No. It's nice that he's back doing this mm-hmm. X Men. Le- I, I thought you'd be all over this series. I was going to say the series is a trip. I was I was into the the first two issues. I uh, for listeners that don't know, it's it's a quirky series where they're picking up loose ends of arcs of mutant books that have never that never finished, or perhaps if they they went on in a different direction because a, a creative team moved on, and so this is uh, this is another iteration of that. They're you know they're spending one or two issues on each of them. Um, yeah, it's an interesting idea. I, I, um, it's definitely something like I can, I would be happy to read it. It just wasn't on my short list of, of, because I didn't really care about the, in this particular case, like I'm treating this, this book, uh, arc by arc based on what thing that they're picking up on. And I didn't really care about this, uh, hmm. this period of, uh, like I didn't, I didn't have a burning desire to see how this arc would have finished. If, if if they were allowed to finish it, so. Hmm. Uh, Walton Weezy did a couple yeah. of issues. Yeah, they did the second arc, the X Factor arc. Yeah. yeah. There's a freaking Walt X Factor page in the Heritage auction. This oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you got a sickness, dude. You just got to admit it. <laughs> oh, I'm not bidding on it. It's. it's there's 19 days to go, and I think it's already at like twenty thousand dollars or something. Wow! Yeah, more power to him. 
Well, as you know, I mean, Walt doesn't sell his art, so um, I forget whoever inked that issue got. This is certainly a page that he got and gave either sold to somebody or had and is selling it now. But so it's hard hard to come by that Walt published art. What's your prediction? Final final well, selling I don't know. price. No, I mean it's hard to say because um, the this heritage auction is is absurd in how packed it is with a list stuff and it's their featured auction and uh, our signature auction. And on top of that, we're, as you know, we're in this market that's gone absolutely parabolic in terms of value. So I just don't know. Like, I don't, I I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to like pro- project it. There's, there's no seeming, there's no, there's seemingly no upper limit to any key art right now. It's whatever the richest person that wants it is willing is it, how much they're willing to pay. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it goes well over fifty, seventy-five thousand. I, I wouldn't shock me. Yikes! Yeah, that's a bit more than I want to pay. It was a beautiful commandy page from from issue eight. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. It's what's, gorgeous. What's it at now? Well, the auction just opened, so it's not. It's not re- like what it, it. The current prices are not really relevant at all to to whatever it's going to cost. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, issue eight, that's right on the, the edge. Yep. Yeah. Now, how did Eric not buy that? Uh, who's to say he's not going to bid it, bid for it? Who's to say he's not the one selling it? Uh, you know, it's maybe true. he needs to, maybe he's got a, maybe he's got a niece he's putting through college or wants to buy a Bugatti. Who knows? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He sold it right. to buy the, the ant license. There are a shit <laughs> ton of Jim Lee pieces in this one that'll go for crazy money. Uh, the the big piece is um, a Kirby Fantastic Four cover. Oh, that uh, stop! It, it's so that's the one that everyone's got their eye on, myself included, because the auction opened up um, yesterday or the day before officially, but it doesn't close for another three weeks. Uh, and you know most bidding will happen in the last day or two, and then then it goes live. They all these pieces go live. Um, so, uh, like it's it, the, the prices are going to be just crazy. And um, <laughs> and basically, the Kirby FF cover was already at close to two hundred thousand today. Oh my! Goodness. And any bids that are in there today are just placeholder bids. Like they're not they're nowhere close to what the price will be when when the gavel drops. So. I I think very much it's going to be a million dollar plus piece. Oof, yes, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, you're out. Just right above your limit, right? Yeah, it's on the verge, right there. Yeah, I know you were willing to stretch because it's Kirby FF, but right. Just you're just gonna you're gonna show a little restraint for once. Barely. We'll see how I feel the morning of. Yeah, maybe. There I may go a million five. Oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if that I had a million five, we'd be do, well. I'd be doing this every day and trying to yeah, coax you guys to do it. Yeah, you would have to coax me hard. You'd be on the payroll. So uh, yeah, dude, absolutely. It is the cover to uh to issue number eighty six, Vince, the one with Doom looming over the FF. Oh, the one that burned. Did a pastiche during the, with the with the like the signage on the left and right sides. No, it's 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 a gigantic doom. He, he's like a giant, almost like he's giant man, looming over the oh, FF and, and, and crystal. 
it's the FF and Crystal as they're cowering behind a big rock. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh. The bottom left is victims. Nice. Yep. And there's a beautiful Capullo X-Force domino splash, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. What else are we reading? Oh, that's right. We've got to talk about comics. Yeah. Um, well, the, a couple things I, I wanted to give a thumb up to six sidekicks of Trick or Keaton number three. I don't think either of you have read number three yet, so, no. um, but that, that series just continues to be a hoot. I won't go into it beyond that. Um, I wanted to give a thumbs down, sadly, to Fight Girls by Frank Cho. Mm, now, yeah. listen, I mean... <laughs> I can hear people saying, well, what did you expect? And you're right. You know what, listeners clapping back at me right now, you're right. <laughs> what did I expect? It's a book written and drawn by Frank Cho. And ultimately, it is what I thought it should have been, which is incredibly beautiful, sexy Frank Cho art, uh, mainly around voluptuous athletic women doing feats of of, of daring. And, and I own three Frank Cho art books. So I'm not mad to have these issues. Like I'm not, they look great. I, I'm a huge fan of his work, of his work artistically. So I'm not like mad at it, but, but I <laughs> guess because it is a sequential comic book, I did expect it to have some modicum of, of plot that I thought was interesting. <laughs> and, and, and here's my, here's my issue with it. The premise is is very simple. Again, nothing earth-shattering here. It's a bunch of different women from all over this civilization that are drawn into a competition. It's like the Running Man if the Running Man was populated by super hot women. Okay. Mm. Now, you can have a lot of fun with that. And that's where, Vince, you described the Defenders when you were on your initial rant as, as soulless. This book is absolutely soulless. There is yeah. nothing about what happens or what they're saying in the dialogue balloons or the circumstances they're put in or the 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 setting that makes you care one iota about any of the women. They look the same. They act the same tonally. They all do the same things. The only difference is are they what was their color of their skin? Do they have short or long hair? But like beyond that, they're all Frank Cho women, which again is beautiful, but it's just vapidness on a page. And I think in that circumstance, I'd rather buy the art book because at least in the art book, I'm getting all in sexiness, right? I'm, I'm getting sexy for sexy's sake, visual, visual sex appeal, because this is like almost a weird sort of like uh, – it's like there's no there's nothing overtly sexual in the book they're all wearing gym clothes basically you know uh, like bicycle tops and like gym shorts all matching so so they're not even drawn provocatively or sexily which would be fine if there was a reason for them to be doing what they're doing and it was like life-threatening and 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 the challenges they were facing were dynamic and um but yeah so two issues in i'm like man I'm like, I, I, I should have known better, but but it is what it is. Um, I'm going through my copies now, and holy hell, is it beautiful! 
Yeah, yeah it's it's great. I mean, Frank, he, of course, he's he's an amazing. He, I mean, Frank Cho, uh, he he can he can draw beautiful women and he can draw amazing creatures, and that's what this book is, and that's great. But having just gotten his ballpoint beauties, uh, that's yeah, I, don't, I don't think it needs to be five issues. It's I mean, it. I read the the first issue uh, a couple of years ago, and it was in the um, the AWA like for retailers anthology to get you a taste for the first issue of a bunch of their series and i was interested to see where it was going after the first issue and then um uh lisa sent the 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 preview copies for the next couple um and it, it's still like more of the same and i'm like i don't i don't know who is who except for you know whatever number is on their shorts and i don't know you know i i there, there's nothing here that I'm really like, wow, I really hope this one wins because it means it'll benefit all mankind or something like that. There's just, there's nothing aside from him drawing very attractive women. It's, it seems odd for an AWA book, but it just, there's, there's just nothing really here that makes me want to say, yeah, I I can't wait to see where this goes. I, I, which bums me out because I love the man's work. See, this just jumped to the, the top of my stack because i'm going to read it, it, it I, i'm i'm betting that i'm going to get more out of this than i did out of defenders number one. i bet you will well you may find it more satisfying but i think it's it's certainly we're talking about different visuals but i i don't think i th- there's nothing to get like it's like al ewing is was attempting to give us a very complex right plot uh, whether he succeeded or not is your mileage may vary. I don't think there's like this story surface level, which is fine. Again, right. So it's, it's a highbrow, lowbrow uh, type thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I revel in the lowbrow. You do. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. It's but but if I'm going to do the lowbrow, I want the nasty. I get like, you. Yeah. You know, give me give me perverts in the unknown. You know, like like go all in. Like I don't. Right. Oh, can't find the monster. We got to take this butt plug out. You know? Yeah, and like <laughs> we're like like I mean that's like Frank has done that for so much of his career, right? Like, oops, my you know cape yeah. girl, my bikinis come off. Like you know, and that's like, and 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 I realize that's not for everyone either. But but I find I mean, but I'm I think that can be entertaining if if that's what it is. And so I just want like just be that then. Like this this seems like it's it's. Like Frank's doing a lot of work drawing women less sexy than he would normally draw them, presumably because he felt he had a story to tell. And I'm like, nah, dude, you should just put another another uh, hardcover out through uh, you know through Flesk and, <laughs> and giving us more more cave girls, dude, because it's <sighs> so. Hmm. Duly noted. Kesarasara. It happens. I want to know if Batman '89 was any good. Uh, I wish I could say 100. percent Yes, absolutely, it was. Um, I the 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 first movie has a special place in my heart. Um, I saw it in the theater a bunch of times that summer. This um, what what attracted me to this series to the first issue at least um is that sam ham is the writer and and he of course he had a part 
in the first Batman movie, and he wrote the uh, three-issue arc. I think it was called Blind Justice. Dennis Cowan did the art on it, and um, and there was a time where DC was incorporating all the the Anton First architecture in in their Bat books, and so there was a whole to do with 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 the Batman movies that that Burton worked on. Um, but this, of course, is based on that universe. The first first page is um, is Harvey Dent proposing to his girlfriend, who happens to be Barbara Gordon, uh, and it's it's Billy D. Williams. You know, so it's it's you're not um, you know exactly where you are when you're reading this book. Um, Bruce Wayne, however, is a bit gray on the sides and the temples. Um, it's mostly a Billy D. Billy D. It's mostly a Harvey Dent story more than anything else. Um, Alfred makes an appearance. Commissioner Gordon makes an appearance, but it's mostly Harvey Dent um, glad handing and making moves to basically um, unseat Commissioner Gordon and uh, move Gotham in in a better direction where you're not worried about leaving the house and and not have to um be harassed by by hooligans um the the art in spots um you know joe canones is 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 a talented artist and i i've i've, I've liked a lot of his work um though the, the wednesday comics religious story is one of my favorites but um this, I think, because we're so focused on being in the movie universe, um, that Batman outfit's a little clunky in spots or thin in other spots. It's it's weird. I I I want to like it more than I did, and and it um, it bums me out a bit. I I I have, I have higher hopes for. Superman 78, and, and I can't wait for, for, for that to show up in, in the DCBS box, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. It, 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 it just, it's not a, it's not a good night, I guess, for us with, with, with first issues, but um, if you are a fan of that Tim Burton movie universe, um, you'll probably get a kick out of this, transporting you back to to that era. Um, yeah, some of the characters look, I mean, like his, his, uh, his Michael Keaton is his Bruce Wayne in this. Um, Bruce Wayne's got a rather longish face. It's not necessarily what I think about when I think of, of, of Michael Keaton, but um, there's just, there's some characters that kind of look like, you know, yeah, they use the reference from from the movie, but Commissioner Gordon looks nothing like um, Pat Hengel. Um, Alfred, he, he he did a good job with the uh, with Gal for the, the the actor who played Alfred. But um, and Billy D. Williams looks good in spots. But yeah, it, it's I'm, I'm gonna say I'm feeling a little bit of inconsistency in the first issue. Um, I, I can appreciate where it's going, and I'm I'm curious to see that. Um, but 
the first issue did not knock me on my ass like I was kind of hoping it would. Well, there you go. I guess yeah, like you said, not a great week for the new for the first issues for us. <laughs> well, we had a list or something to kind of boost our spirits. Yes, let's do it, Vince. Unless uh, you wanted to do another catch up. Uh, he just stepped away for one second. All right. Well, we'll we'll set up the list then. While he's gone, uh, everybody loves a list. Everybody That's what I'm hearing. List. Yep. So we're going to give you all a list because we were like, let's do a list. Let's have some fun. And I must say that uh, there's some irony here because I threw out the list. It was my idea. And uh, just, you know, came to me kind of like free thinking, like, oh, what would be a list we haven't done? Oh, here's one. Throw it out. Y'all were like, yeah, let's do it. And as we were making the lists, I realized something. Spending most of my comic fandom as a Marvel zombie (laughs) and not being a huge DC nerd. I think handcuffs me in my ability to contribute to this list with as much vim and vigor as you two or a lot of our listeners would be able to. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I will. um, What's weird. I mean, if we do both lists, great. If we just do one, um, whatever. But I if, if. Well, I'll wait and see. What we're doing, and if um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll take it for everything. All right, Vince. I'm good. Excellent. Great. You didn't Very tell them great. what I was doing, did you? No, no. no. Ah, we, cool. We, we're we're setting up the stage. We're setting up the list. The, um, nice, nice, nice. Well, um, before I did what I did, uh, I can swing the first issue um, into the love category later on because I read I, I read I, two I first issues that yeah, were okay, great, good. really great. Good, good, good. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did, too. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good. Um, no, what I was saying, Vince, I was saying it was that we did, we're did. we doing a list, and I came gotcha. up with a list idea, and y'all went for it. And I said the irony is that after I came up with the list and we agreed to do it, said as someone who spent most of his fandom as a Marvel zombie, right. I realized that I was uh, l- probably less able to make the this one, one at least one of the two lists we did with as much vim and vigor as uh, as you you guys or a lot of our listeners that's hysterical to. because three of the five of my uh, are marvel well i mean as as we get through it I, I i i didn't have that much difficulty once i sat down and started thinking it through but i at first i thought oh but if i was a if 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 there was counter earth me and I spent the first 15 years of my fandom reading only DC comics. Right. I think my list would be completely different. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, did we have to have these in any kind of order? I have them in order, but they don't have to be. Okay. So let's 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 stop bearing the lead. Uh, we are going to run through our five favorite sidekicks. Now, before we give our lists, I always have to ask, because although we agree on a list to do it, we often, part of the fun is we don't necessarily frame out our rules. We each follow our own set of rules. So, um, I, for me, I picked characters that um, I enjoy or enjoyed as the sidekick. So it's not like they were a sidekick at some iteration, like in the Golden Age, and then they've spent the last 40 years as a standalone adult character I, my I, man okay yeah, yeah so so falcon's not on my list because he's not a sidekick i know it's oh, okay well falcon. i mean no, that, that's see, right. yeah, okay yeah. so no so we are different because like 
the Falcon would be okay because he was Cap's sidekick as an adult man. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I absolutely. What get I'm that. saying is, it's like Sam, Sam is Captain America. I wouldn't count. Like, well, I'll just I'll throw one up that's not on my list. That's probably on a lot of listeners' lists. They're dancing around in their heads. Like, like Dick Grayson isn't on my list because I've enjoyed Dick Grayson as a character, but mainly as Nightwing, not as Robin. I didn't read a lot of of Batman comics uh, when he was Bat- Robin, right? So means nothing to me personally just just personally speaking i didn't so i didn't pick him or like i didn't pick um you know um like the i didn't pick any of the flashes who were kid flash at some point because i loved reading them as flash like 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 wally is probably on a lot of people's list maybe on your guys list but like i don't i didn't read many comics with wally as as a sidekick so like for me, that wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Wally if I just loved Wally as an adult Flash. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it has to be. I picked only. Like I said, I, I my rule was they. I had to be. I had to enjoy reading them as a sidekick. So, I had a rule, but um, I shied away from any of the obvious answers. I didn't okay. go with Dick Grayson. I didn't go with Wally. Or or uh, Tim, just because that's a in 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 my estimation. Not to say either of you, if you you did include any of these characters on your list, uh, I'm not pointing a finger. But to me, that's mundane. I'm not going to go with anything that is expected. So I went with the more obscure sidekicks that I loved because they were sidekicks that had to be fulfilled they had to have been a sidekick never a leading person i cheated on one uh but um yeah i i did have a rule but i i i just can't say you know uh dick Grayson. like what how many people are going to vote for that well but if it's i mean but that's like saying if you do a list of if it's your favorite, people's favorite characters but they are obviously are not right so that's not why your favorite right right yeah, right yeah yeah yeah, I don't have a problem. Like, I think again, if I was reading DC throughout from from '83 on for 15 years without reading any Marvel, I'm I, I would be shocked if I didn't have Dick Grayson on my list. I mean, maybe he wouldn't be one number one, but I would I would presume he would be on my list. I know more of Dick Grayson as a leader in Titans than I do as a sidekick to Batman. Right, and 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 by the way, if Dick Grayson stayed being Robin. I would have considered put like again not for me personally because I'm not a DC guy but like that would be okay, but like he became an entirely different character. Like if you put spoiler on your list, I'd be like, cool. That to me fulfills the spoiler aside. She was, yeah. Spoilers aside, yeah. I saw her come up in a lot of like lists when I was looking around for. She was a sidekick yeah, to a I sidekick. She was Robin, but yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, she was, yeah, she, she's supposed to she hung out with uh, Tim Drake. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. No, I get yeah. it. I mean, and, and, I, go ahead. Good. No, I was just going to say my, my um, it would have been funny if we did, if we decided to do both lists because there was, there's a character that um, I would have had to explain why he was on one list and then why someone else was was on my other list for being, but it was yeah, this. I, we're, we're saving the other list for another day, I guess. But this is this is gonna be fun. I, I can't wait to hear what you guys have. All right. Uh, favorite five sidekicks. I didn't use the word top because then it, you know, 
It's like a ranking, and I didn't rank them. Mm. So mm-hmm. favorite five sidekicks, and I'll just throw one at you. Yeah, throw one at us. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> I uh, love it. Yeah. Great, actually. I mean, come on. Any of the Bark stuff, they are, uh, again, to use that word, omnipresent. They're everywhere. And they are, I think, the quintessential sidekick. Uh, the triad of sidekicks. So I didn't I, think about stuff like that. Like the Wonder Twins would have been a good choice for this list. How hell like yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, oh, they're not on my list, but yeah, that's it. Okay, I hadn't really, wasn't thinking along those lines. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. You've already got a better list than I do. So <laughs> that's only one. I have four. No, more. I know I'm yeah. saying, but like that's already, it already, I already like your, your list better than mine. Go ahead, David. Uh, I will go with uh, Judah Maccabee. Oh, Next nice. One. Very yeah, good. That's great too. Very good. Excellent, excellent choice. Yep. Thank you. You tell him he's the sidekick, and then when I suck you up with the wet dry vac. <laughs> exactly, I know. Oh, man. That's excellent. Who you got? Have That's it. all you like for that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I feel like I want to redo. I want to redo. <laughs> Oh, no, dude. <laughs> Sam Guthrie, he's Bobby's. He's Bobby's yeah, son. really, Cannonball. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no like okay, so no, and there's like I ranked mine. So my number five was Harley Quinn, and it's just because she would be higher on my list if I was evaluating her for when she isn't a sidekick. Because certainly I like her much more as as someone who's out from under the Joker's right. uh, watch. But but I certainly was a fan of her. Uh, as the Joker's gal, uh, which is why I've been was intrigued by her as a standalone character. So yeah, so Harley Quinn. Cool. Nice. My next one is Brandy Clark, aka Starshine, the uh, lady we know who gave up her humanity to become the uh, plus one to the uh, Rom Space Knight. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's great. Love wow. that book. Love that book. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, a book I love had a pretty fun sidekick, and that is uh, Arthur, who dresses up like a moth and the sidekick to the tick. Oh, neat. Never read it. Totally expected. Now that you said it, it totally expected. Yeah. <laughs> you never read the tick, though? No. All right. We gotta no. fix that. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know, David. I'm guessing there would be much hatred. Yeah, it always seemed like a book that I wasn't going to enjoy. So I didn't. You think? I don't know. He's he's a little older now. Nah, he's a tight ass. He's not going to like it. He's a tight ass. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think he might get. I mean, some of the jokes are a little dated of that era. Yeah. But no, we'll give no. it a shot. We'll see what happens. Well, he did come around on Mike Allred, so anything's yeah, possible. There you go. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Lockheed. <gasps> Excellent answer. That's yeah, that's a good one. And I can see it. Yep. Kudos. Everybody's favorite dragon puppy. Everybody's favorite. Is there anyone who doesn't like Lockheed? Well, there's, a, there's probably a couple Mark ass Epcot busters out there that rock Figment, but uh, but if you're not a Figment guy, you got to go with Lockheed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, here's where I cheated a little bit because um, at one time he was a sidekick, uh, but I amended my choice to include his sidekick. So I went with Howard the Duck who did start off as, you know, a sidekick to the man thing. And then I added Beverly uh, Switzler, his mm. his uh, lady love, as his sidekick. So, yeah. Howard the Duck, Beverly Switzler. 
Okay. Love it. I know David doesn't like it, but he doesn't like it. Either. I know. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's I, I absolutely. It, it lines up with the rules. It's fine. Okay. Okay. You, you push back for me on that one. Okay. Um, although I do expect some pushback from this one. Um, this is Speedy, but it's Mia Dearden from the uh, Judd Winnick. Oh, cute. Era of, yeah. Uh, no. Um, no, that's cool. She didn't yeah. die of the AIDS, did she? No, she had AIDS. Oh, she, yeah. she did not. She not die of it, but oh, uh, good. But yeah, no. It's, Mia is cute as a button in Arrow show. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it needs a sandwich. It's, but... it's true. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah. I mean, Roy is Roy's claim to fame is that that he was a junkie, but at least with Mia, uh, it, it, she was introduced during a great Green Arrow. Run, I mean, starting off with Kevin Smith and Brad Meltzer, and then Winnick just taking it all the way. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she was a great character in the comic, and they've done other things with her in other media that, um, that 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 has shown that she's she's lasted a while. So yeah, I had to put her on there. Awesome. Uh, my number three is how I introduced myself tonight: Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I love it because he's on my list too. So I mean, I'll just I'll throw that one out there now and 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 save number one for later. But uh, yeah, he's on my list. If I had to rank mine, Jimmy would be my number one. Oh, there we go. So he's on my so list. He's on your list too. Okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. So who's who's uh, who you got left? Uh, my last one is uh, you could know how much love I have for the. Uh, Doug Munch and Company's Terror on the Planet of the Apes from uh, the Marvel magazines. So I went with Alexander, uh, Jason's buddy, uh, in Terror on the Planet of the Apes. I would maybe sacrifice one of my children for this story. That's how much I, yeah, that's how much I, I was the perfect age when this magazine came out. It it just rocked my entire world forever and ever and ever. And whenever I think of of being young and reading comics, one of the first things, uh, most fond remembrances I have of that is reading the uh, Marvel Planet of the Apes magazine. And because of Terror on the Planet of the Apes, it's not in every issue. Um, But, uh, and I was doing some research, the... uh, the hardcover that they published a couple, whatever, maybe four or five years ago, if you go on Amazon and try and buy it, the selling price is like over a grand. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's just people on the secondary market trying to get their, their bones for it. I get that. But it's it's out of print, and uh, the only way to get it is either you were lucky enough to pre-order that hardcover when it came out or go buy the single issues of Planet of the Apes. In either case, it's well worth reading. And... Uh, Alexander was um, Jason's ape um, or Simeon sidekick. So, yeah, it's a great story. That's wicked. Yeah. Um, I am changing mine only because... Whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, well, because partly because of what Vince said earlier. Um, Because I did have... I did have Robin in parentheses Dick Grayson. Um... Because I did read a lot of Robin Dick Grayson as Batman's sidekick, along with Teen Titans issues, but yes. But 
I think what I have to do when I think of favorite, um, I am changing number five to Boozy Winks sidekick. <laughs> that is great. I thought you were going to go Jason Todd, but um, no, Woozy. Hilarious. <laughs> Woozy Winks is a super choice. Thank you. That's great. That is pretty list. good. That is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I have two more because we did the whole Jimmy Olsen double. Uh, triple tap there. Um, so uh, my number two is D- is David's favorite Robin, Damian Wayne. Ooh. No kidding. Love him. Love the character. He does. Yeah, he is. For, a I mean, good I, character. Know, I really enjoyed the Morrison Batman run, and so I yeah, I, and I think he was great in Super. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the character. Nothing wrong with an abrasive character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it works. I mean, it's just I love the idea of like the progeny of the Al Ghul lineage and. And the Wayne lineage. I mean, they would be insufferable. Yeah. Um, and and then my number one, fuck all y'all, is is Falcon. Because how could it not be? That's like of of all the of all the sidekicks. I I mean, I've read a hundred issues of him as Captain America sidekick. So yeah, I I had to give it. I mean, that, that as soon as we agreed to do the list, he was in number one with a bullet. Nice. Yeah. I understand both of your reasonings for that character. So yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, yes. Obviously, a lot of people are going to consider him a sidekick. He is a sidekick. I just there are when I think of a sidekick nowadays. I mean, back when I was starting reading comics, yeah, it'd be one thing. But but as I've gotten older, just look at things differently. It it's it kind of it, it. And even before the movies, it just it it kind of. No, I get it. I mean, he, they should have been you know, on equal footing. I, right. I, I get it. But, but but I mean, the reality is have, having read the comics that we read he was a sidekick absolutely 100 yeah. percent. i tried my um, hardest to get some commandy in there but nobody really fit the bill i am honestly surprised i mean since you added the ducks i'm not but i would have thought newsboy legion would have been on your list somewhere mm. yeah i was thinking I, I was even gonna go with maybe guardian uh and the newsboy legion but um or like double x or something right but you know these I can't front on my list. No, I, I love mean, your list. It's yeah. a great list. Yeah, like I They're was all like, solid. Like I'm a fan of Bucky Barnes, the character, right? But like I don't. I mean, other than a few old flashback issue reprints, I mean, how many comics did I actually read with Bucky as as Bucky? Right? Like I, I mean, you know, Bucky was always like in flashbacks and and, and was dead right until Bruce yep. Baker brought it back. So so I, yeah. I mean, um, and then so we've alluded to a second list for those that we we had. We had also talked about doing a top legacy heroes, which is adjacent to sidekicks, but not uh, not necessarily the same the same cohort overlap. I had a lot of fun with that list. Too. Well, let's do it. I can think of something. I, okay. I mean, I didn't throw anything together for this, but I'll just off the cuff. Why not? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and just so them. so we're clear when we, we uh, like for those playing at home, legacy heroes. We we mean uh, people who have donned a moniker indoor costume and identity um b- but they're not the first so and you could have some you could i mean there's some pretty wide interpretations like not that i don't want to steal daps thunder but i was thinking like could you you could have done how right because yeah he wasn't the first right i mean he's the like he's the first in the line of the green lanterns of oa and the sectors and all right. that but but he's not the first green lantern so right. yeah um well, my number five is uh, is uh, Rachel Summers, Phoenix. Love Rachel. 
any pretty much anyone from uh, as you notice Lockheed was on my other list of you know Excalibur near and dear to my heart. Rachel's been a relatively persistent character in the X books over the years. Loved her design, especially her original design with the with the hound tattoo, facial tattoo markings. <laughs> yeah. Big fan, big fan. Nice. Uh, I will. I'm gonna kick mine off with um, who I consider to be the best Robin, Tim Drake. It uh, wasn't the first Robin, but uh, he is. When I think of Robins, he he is my favorite. And uh, as Dick may have been the first, but you know, at this point because of his time with the Titans and because of his time is, I, mean, I think he's been Nightwing longer than he's ever been Robin. So it just, it it's as far as someone taking over, um, Tim's my favorite Robin. Uh, yep. On my list as well, because I read a lot of Tim Drake as Robin comics. Yeah. Including his role in the Titans. So I, I big fan. And, and by the way, we should mention people that the, the soft impetus for doing this list was, uh, in honor of Tim, just because of uh, the fact that uh, as we, I don't remember. Did we talk about this last week? No, we did. I don't know what's yeah, in here. It was okay. in Slack that you didn't talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that Tim Drake is is going to be introduced as uh, bisexual, and uh, you know we had a really great conversation about it on the Slack with the patrons, just about how uh, representation is great, and and hopefully this is like this in and of itself is awesome to see. And and once we got talking, I posited, hey, is is he the biggest big two character to uh, be recast as LGBTQ? And uh, because because and and I think the general consensus was yes, because um, there are certainly relatively high profile characters who are LGBTQ, like Harley Quinn. Uh, but I would argue that, like, but but I still think Tim Drake's a bigger deal because of his legacy in 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 a lot more comics as yeah. a cornerstone character. Because like I think Ice and we and just to show you what a chasm it is, I, I mean I think generally we were saying that Iceman was probably the former top dog before this, and you know no disrespect to Bobby Drake, founding member of the X Men, I, I I don't I think Tim Drake is on a whole different whole different echelon. Oh, so. sure. Um, I just wanted to add that uh, I was keeping a bird's eye view on that that whole discussion, and I think in terms of marketing, um, the uh, what what do they call that when you reveal your your sexual preference? There's a there's a thing outing or something like that. Yeah, but, but the point being that I think. The sexual preference issue has now eclipsed the death issue in terms of getting people to buy comics. Because remember when, you know, yeah. it was like, oh, in this issue, somebody dies, you better buy yeah. it. Well, I think now we've swung away from death into um, a po- more positive um, arena, mm-hmm. I would think. Right. Now it's, it's sexual preference being the, the, the hot button, must buy the issue type thing. So it's yeah, good. We we've, we've parted with death as a um, a way to make money, and now we're on something. Right, and I, I think I, I, you're not saying this, but some were pushing back, saying, "Oh, you know," it, but it's just a commercial. It's a trope. And I said, "Yeah, but you know what? Any representation, increasing representation, is a good thing." Oh, right? very it, true. Yeah. No, and, and I'm saying it's like is like so. Yes, it, it, but I said, sure. These are for-profit companies. 
what this means, though, and again, I choose to look at it as a positive, is that is that um, at, at least enough people that are decision makers now understand that, uh, like, isn't it great that, that increasing representation is now perceived as something that will help sales? Right. Right. Because Which is it, the it, point it, I was trying me, to make. That you Yeah, just, no, I know you were. I'm saying because, like, the, 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 you know, you hear from those asshole gators, like, they're like, oh, you know, they're ruining comics. It's like, nah, dude, comic sales are at all time high. Selling more single issues than we ever have. Selling more trades, in, not single issues like in volume, but like money wise, like monetary value. Uh, selling more trades, sales are rocking in the book market. They're rocking in the direct market. Like, like, so does that mean that companies wouldn't? Do, if you want to be skeptical and say companies are open to representation now because it's financially viable, well, yes, they are ultimately going to make decisions if they think they can generate more profit. So. Yeah, you can be a skeptic, but the point is, at the end of the day, if more people have a chance to open these books and see themselves in these books, that's great. Like, regardless of what had to happen or whether there's a profit motive behind it, and and as I, because my son, who's my oldest son, as you know, who's like a you know super socialist and 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 always fighting the good fight, asked me about this because he heard about it, and even though he's not in comics, and 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 then he said, well, you know, is this just a is this just a money making ploy? And I said, well, I said, does that ultimately matter, right? Like because I said the 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 good news here is that it's being written by a writer who's gay, and like it's great that writers are that there are creators that that are LGBTQ or people of color that can now feel in, able to unapologetically tell stories about. The characters that they identify with right because like it's a gradual thing for a while you had you had people of color and and gay and bisexual creators who got into the comics world but couldn't tell stories about their own experiences they had to write white straight characters but they at least that was at least they were getting a chance to do something in the industry so i like that you know it's it's probably still going far too slow than it should but it's great that we at least getting to a point where we can start like unapologetically you know making the world look these worlds look a little bit more like our real world so i thought that's great good news yep well said for a tight ass yep oh yeah here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey, i got what's a, your, you got a list now there so. i do have <laughs> i do have a list and okay, uh, one. all right uh i don't see how anyone who read the work of carl kessel and tom grummet not falling in love with this kid um <laughs> i gotta go with my boy connell Connor Kent, Superboy. I love this character. Yeah, you do. Respect. Lots of love. All right, well, I've already done my second because I, I concurred on the Tim Drake, so go ahead, Dad. Uh, well, then I'll just segue right from Vince onto this one. Uh, Cal-El with an E-L at the end. The, uh, the Silver Age or even the Burn reboot. Superman is uh, what I'm going with. That's a good one. Because the original is Cal-El... Just the letter L. That's the Golden Age Superman. That was the first. That's not the one I'm picking. My Superman legacy character is Kalo. Hmm. Sweet. So nice. is, it, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. My next two choices are the epitome of the legacy character. Speak on it. Hawkman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think he knows who he is anymore. Nah, he's got no clue. There's a ton of 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 uh, 
consciousness is embodying that that character. So yeah, I'm gonna go uh, with Hawkman for that one, and I'm gonna. You want me to cheat and give my next one? Because yep. it's it's uh, cut from the same cloth. All girl. No, the Phantom. Oh, oh is that, that is so Oh yes. yeah, that's the whole 100%. deal with the Phantom. Yeah, oh. he's part of a unbroken chain of phantoms. Yep. Yeah. So is Doctor Who on one of your lists then? It's well, a good. That, that's person. a good the addition. Is a different person, but yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought yeah, it was like fan- a new being. That's why they look different. Who the doctors? So it's always the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Why do they look different? Because, because he regenerates into a different person, but he still oh. has, for the most part, his old man. So well, kind of I think I think now at this in. point we can't say he anymore. We have That's to say true. we have to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. The Phantom. I didn't even know that was a legacy character. Cool. Oh yeah. Um, my uh, next one on my list is uh, Captain Marvel, aka Carol Danvers. Hmm. That's a good one. I'm not surprised. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I love Carol. You do. And honestly, I, I think at this point she's been in infinitely more comics than than male Captain Marvel. <laughs> Marvel, yes. Oh, 100%. Marvel. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, if you talk about like flashbacks or special, yeah, no. I mean, she had a Marvel movie made after her, so I guess, yeah. It's true. Uh, I'm going to, let's see, keep the DC train going. Uh, for me, I am going with my favorite Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. Ah, yeah. I, I absolutely you. adored that Len yeah. Wayne Paris Cullens series, and uh, and and man, I was giddy when I saw that he was going to uh, be in the Justice League, and um, yeah, I just I I I, I stand Ted Cord. Yeah, I'm gonna have good. to I'm gonna have to steal that one. Okay. You're putting uh-huh. that on your list? Yeah, I'm putting Blue Beetle on my list, yeah. <laughs> you only got one more spot there. But but not Ted. Uh, 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 was it Jaime? Jaime. Jaime Race? No, I'm just kidding. I like Jaime, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike Norton did a long run with Jaime. Um, all right, my number my number two on my list is uh, Laura Kinney, a.k.a. X-23, a.k.a. Wolverine. Match. Mm-hmm. Expected. Oh, yeah. Taylor shout out. He really turned her into a fully realized character. Yeah, and she and, and she stuck. They they're sticking her with the Wolverine, even though yeah, even though uh, OG Wolverine's back. What do they call him? Wolverine. Wolverine. Well, Logan. So, they just call him Logan, but no, um, Wolverine. So he she Wolverine. goes by the name Wolverine too. Yeah, yeah just like there's, just like there's two Hawkeyes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that works. Yeah, that works. Yeah, two flashes. Yeah, yeah. She, she's just, they're both Wolverine. Say that end, they both turn around, kill the prison, one's done, a big deal. At least Dawkins not Wolverine anymore. Thank God. He's just Dawkins. Yeah. yeah. He's just the a walking thirst trap in these comics. He literally just is a thirst trap. Like, every, like, he's trying to fuck everything that moves in every comic that he's ever in anymore. You keep throwing that word around. I don't know what it means. Well, you know what the word, thir- what, thirst trap? Yeah. Thirst trap, like, like someone that's you know trying to be all sexy and stuff. And oh, like, so they're thirsty for it. Yeah. Oh, I get. But see, more like when you see them, they're so like they're putting their stuff out there. They're they're like begging you to be thirsty to thirst at them. 
Oh, so that's that's what you accuse like my son of doing? Someone that you your wife like that meme where you like you're caught in red handed like staring at someone other than your significant other. See, I think the trap part threw me because that's not what I call a trap. Well, the trap means like they know they're sexy and they even if you are like a married person, they want to fuck you. Like so, they're they're okay. like they're putting it out there. Like the pheromones are out there. Like they're trying to get you to lust at them. Right. Well. Yeah. In in my lingo, a trap is a woman with a penis. Oh, jeez, yeah, you're old. Yeah, he's thinking of crying <laughs> game and shit. Yeah, Jesus. Which is which yeah. is cool, but you know, whatever. It's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your voice? <laughs> yeah, Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. <laughs> Put the skirt down. Um, uh, my number one. All right, you, you go. You go ahead. That, I mean, if you want to. Oh no, no, you go because I want to hear. It. Maybe steal it. <laughs> See, now I'm going to change it. Oh, man. Um, fuck it. I'm going all DC. Uh, I'm going with um, Adam, Ray Palmer. Oh, I'm not stealing what? that. Yeah, I'm not stealing that one. I know you're I not stealing that. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Ray Palmer. What are you talking about? Do sort of the Adam? Are you Seriously, he doesn't listen. Do you just... But, like, you've said you like sort of the Adam. It's not like, I mean, I just <laughs> feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I've heard. Like, I don't think... Well, it's not I like they, they, they kind of... They, they kind of <laughs> fucked him over with identity crisis when his wife becomes a fucking murderess. So a little it's bit. not yeah. like yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a whole lot. And then and then they um and then they came out with uh, with Ryan Choi. So you know, who the hell cares about Ray Palmer these days? I got to read Sword of the Adam at some point. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. It's amazing. All right, it's going on next month's book of the month, Paul. We should because I would I would love to read that. It's like it's always been something I've fully wanted to read and I just haven't got. All right, it. we're done. That's it. <laughs> We're going to do executive. Well, we're giving them two this month. We can pick our own next month. Right. Okay. Why not? All right. Sword of the Atom. Nice. Cool. My number one legacy character who completely obliterated the dude that came before in terms of heroics, the one true Flash. <laughs> Wally. Wally, how, Wally had to be on your list. Yeah. Like, How's he not? Yeah. Wally would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wally is forevermore my Flash. That other guy, whatever. <laughs> and then, of course, Dap's number one is is Kyle Kyle Rayner. You know, it it really is the 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 last. There are there are four names left on my list as I was whittling it down. Mm-hmm. Only two of them are Marvel characters. Okay. Uh one of them is Hal Jordan, but that felt almost like cheating. You picked Superman. You're right, I did. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, so, you, you so, picked so, Superman. Like you're, you're allowed to pick. I mean, I, I, I mean, no, because well, I, I thought when it came down to it, yes, Alan Scott was first, and then you know the Silver Age started with 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 Barry, and then he got Hal, but. 100%. I mean, I I'm I get where Vince is coming from, but when I think of a legacy character and, and a character who 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 took over the mantle and literally ran with it, it's hard for me not to think of Wally West when it comes to a legacy character. So he's 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 my fifth. He's on my list. Oh, Wally West. He's Flash. number 1. He's number 1. Well, it makes sense. I mean, I, I again, I, I didn't, I haven't read enough Wally to, to, but, but I, when I, when I thought legacy heroes, he's one of the first names that came into my exactly. mind. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, um, and and because I, it's magic, uh, my top legacy hero spot is the same person who had my top sidekick spot in a different moniker. I'm talking about Sam Wilson as my fucking Captain America, bitches. Nothing wrong with that. Did you see that he uh, officially signed on to, to do the next Captain America film? I thought it was already a done deal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. for him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's very good in the role. Great in the role. Yeah, great in the role. Yeah. And um, I, I loved when he was we when he was uh, Sam Cap uh, Falcon Cap. It, it, I I own a beautiful Stuart Eminem page from that run. I own a beautiful Alan Davis page from that run. Thing. Hmm. The uh, really. Uh, oh, I, stop! So, <laughs> right. So, so I did mention how, so but but, my, but for, for anybody who, who who's interested, the two characters, the two Marvel characters I had on my list, uh, Miles Morales and James Rhodes as Iron Man, because that Denny O'Neill Luke McDonald run is one of my favorites. They were both on my honorable mentions. Yeah, like, they were fighting for that last spot. If I had to add one more, I would put Janice Vell on it. That makes on, sense. On the list. Mm, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I like that one, yeah. So. Respect. Cool. That was a lot of fun. But. That was. We got to reclaim the love for the number ones. Yes, yeah, bring us do. back. Because, uh, yeah, we, we hit a lull there unintentionally, I think. Yeah. Um, this book was published by Aftershock. I've been paying a lot of attention to Aftershock lately. Um, written by James Patrick. With um, marks and color by Marco Locati and letters by Rachel Deering. You guys still there? I don't hear you. Yep. All right. This is a book called Campisi, The Dragon Incident, number one. Uh, this played out like an awesome first episode of a Netflix thing that just made me hungry. To, to experience more from this storyline, unlike Defenders number one. But um, it starts off long, 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 long time ago. There was a king who made a truce with the last group of dragons. So you're in fantasy land here. Dragons are real. They, they mingle with humans. So we got a fantasy background to this thing. Um, and this last group of dragons are called the Clan of the West. So promises were made, oaths were sworn, everything was great, uh, except kings, especially human ones, they don't have an extremely long lifespan. Uh, not nearly as long as a dragon. Um, so the king died, and he was replaced by another king. And this, this slimy bastard named Sir Luthermore coaxed the new king into reneging on the truce. Um, and they, he tried to remove the clan of the West from existence. So uh, this is very important. Uh, Sir Luthermore turned his back on the code. Fuck that. You guys are done. We're, it's open season on dragons. So we all know history has a nasty way of repeating itself. Uh, flash very much forward into, quote, the present day, right? This, this little um, uh, town called Green Village is, um, it's mobbed up, right? Got this guy named Sonny Campisi, 
And what he does, he's he's a, a problem solver for this mob boss, uh, Mr. Rossi Jr. Um, he's very good with the citizens of Green Village. He knows their routines. He, you know, he considers everybody family. He still works for the mob, but the, the, the guy's got a good heart, you know. Um, he knows when Mrs. McGillicuddy walks her dog, right? He he tells kids, you know, stay away from that that part of town during this time because it's not going to go down good for you. You know what I mean? He he he's a he's a made man, but he's he's got a I think a good heart. Right. And so it rubs Sonny the wrong way when Rossi Jr. chooses to solve a problem in a manner very different from what his father would have done. Right. His father abided by the rules, the code. Right. Rossi Jr. doesn't care about that code. So when a local business owner welches on a payment, Rossi Sr. would have the guy run out of town. Rossi Jr., has the guy killed. Okay? Again, fuck the code. In the middle of all this, a massive dragon flies into town. Um, and the people of Green Village, they gawk and they stare. Uh, so I guess they're accustomed to these fantasy-type creatures. Um, while they may not be commonplace... The the people of this make-believe world seem fairly accustomed to dragons, and there's a discussion about a kraken in one part of the book. Um, so this giant, massive dragon flies into town and uh, situates himself within this, this scaffolding. The, this building's going up, but the dragon just sits and he observes, right? Turns out, the dragon is there for a purpose. He, this Francesco Moretti character, is actually a descendant of the aforementioned shitty Sir Luthermore. And the dragon wants Moretti to suffer. And if Green Village doesn't hand over this mook, uh, it's going to burn. So now Sonny Campisi, the title character, has a very big problem to solve. And that's the end of the first issue. I thought it was great. It 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 just played out so wonderfully. Like, uh, you know, I'm accustomed to this kind of behavior because I'm not saying, but I'm saying that there are people in my family whose lifestyle is very close to what goes on in this book, right? So you got, you know, a modern setting with a dragon in it and a dude who now has a really big problem. What's not to love? Fantasy? You know, um, elements abound. I loved it. I thought it was great. I think you guys would really like this book if you read it. Okay. Yeah. The art is just wonderful. Um, I haven't just rewatched all of The Sopranos. I'm down for a little mob dragon mashup. Yeah. Um, this Marco Locati guy, I, I I like his work a lot. The The color is a bit on the pastel side, but that's okay. It works really well. Um, I thought this book was a winner. I'm, 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 they locked it in with me. I, I must know how this plays out. It was wonderful. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Makes me happy. Breezy. It was a nice, I would, I don't want to call it light because there's murder involved in, in one spot. So it's not, you know, it's not something that you're going to give to the wee ones. But, um, yeah, for, for, you know, seasoned readers like ourselves, I think this book could just be the nice little 
uh, change uh, from the norm that we often look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Nice. I dig it. Look at you, Aftershock. Yeah. Well worth it. Uh, oh, for my number one that I got a kick out of um, is part of the Milestone Returns launch, uh, Hardware Season 1, number one, um, which, of course, is beautifully illustrated by Dennis Cohen and Bill Sienkiewicz, colors by Chris Sotomayor. Uh, Brandon Thomas is your writer. And um, the, uh, funnily enough, the uh, the issue is titled Episode 1, Angry Black Man. And Curtis is, he always was, even, even in the original Milestone launch, um, as, as much as members of the Blood Syndicate should truly be angry um curtis had that uh had that trophy on lock and and so angry this is pretty much a uh it's not quite a retelling but uh it it, thomas uses a lot of what uh of what was there there if, if you read the original series if you were the first issue of hardware way back when um you'll you'll nod along in hearing or seeing some things very like like there's a story about a about a bird that curtis had when he was growing up and um the bird when whenever curtis had to clean the cage you take the bird out and the bird would always try to fly towards the window and escape always thinking you know i see the window i'm out of here always hit the window and come crashing down to the floor be dazed and then curtis would finish cleaning the cage put the bird back in and every other day every week whenever he would clean it like clockwork that bird tried to hit bird makes his way to the window to try to get out uh, until eventually he realized that uh he's not going anywhere so you can't just because um just because you think uh you're free uh, basically you're you're really not and it's a and metaphor Right? Because um, Curtis is uh, is is kind of uh, I'm not going to say owned by but anything that Curtis thinks that he was making or creating or if he thought he had free reign to do whatever he wanted to, it was all under um, Edwin Alva's name and Alva owns it all and whatever Curtis worked on even if it was something that he made better, the original design, the foundation was still something that Alva created. So it doesn't matter that that Curtis made it better, smaller, uh, more useful to the masses. It's still based on something that Alva started. And, and therefore, you know, Curtis really ain't got no original ideas. But this this issue, the, the, the first issue, pretty much picks up where... Um, well, you hit the ground running because uh, the cops are showing up at Curtis's lab, and they um, they're they're after him. He's a wanted man, and uh, things may not be what they appear to be. 
many guess that, you know, Curtis might be framed and uh, he um, he destroys his lab and getting away. He's kind of have to kind of start over from scratch. And so we really do just kind of you're, you're thrown into it right in the first issue. Um, and Curtis has has a mission. He's got his agenda. Um, he's telling you exactly what he's thinking. Um, and, you know, he's, he is, he's very much like Black Panther in the sense that, you know, he's always thinking three steps ahead. So you may think you have him trapped, but he's already thought that through and he's already got the next two escapes planned out. And, and, you know, you're never really going to, to catch this dude because he's always got all the all the avenues and 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 he's he's seen every sort of way this this can play out um but the uh like i said the, the art is absolutely fantastic um there there's some moments though where alva kind of looks a little younger and then he looks like a really old dude um and that that could be that could be bill just going a little crazy with with pens and the brushes and and that's fine. Um, but you still know who, who we're talking to, who we're talking about, what everything's up to, but no, this was, um, this was, I mean, I'd say it was a blast, but it was, I mean, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of damage on the page. There's, there's, uh, it's, it's breakneck. It's, it's, um, it's frantic. There's, there's just, there's a lot to take in and, and every page is, is just packed with, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no, they they really, Dennis and Bill really, and and Brandon to that regard, uh, don't let you catch your breath. Really. They're just, they're, they're all, um, they're throwing everything at you and, um, and, and you just, you're really not going to, calm down and, until you're done with the issue it, it's just your your um your anxious curtis makes you feel what he's feeling and uh and and you know you're because of my attachment to the character i'm rooting for him but you know someone else could see this and and think you know here he is attacking cops and um you know maybe he really did do what they're saying he did so you could you might someone the uninitiated may look at this and say you know well this is this is the bad guy but there's there's obviously more to that than uh than what we're being told just yet but this was this was a blast i just i just started reading um icon and rocket before we started tonight so i didn't read i, I, I can't compare it to that one yet but um hardware was was a blast man it was it was it was a lot of fun it um it it it's what i was expecting when they announced milestone was returning this is kind of i mean for some people it might just be they might read it and be like well it's it kind of feels like the same old thing and why don't you just go back and read those old issues or get the compendium when it comes out but um for me it's i i i wanted more of the same i didn't you know it there's plenty of new things out there this was this this kind of just this is what i was looking for it it, it scratched that ish it, it it's um 
I think the season ones are six issue series, but um, because it does say season one, I'm I'm hoping that uh, we'll get more seasons as uh, as 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 the stories continue. But this was this was a blast. This was uh, this was a fantastic first issue. I think. I, I always saw hardware as the smartest of the milestone books. Yes. Uh, I mean, the premise was certainly the most layered uh, in terms of, you know, metaphor, like the the whole thing where you have a hyper-intelligent black man, the smartest dude in the room, wherever on the world he would be, in essence, slaving away to the white dude, right? And I I thought, you know, it it didn't scream... um, at you it was more of a whisper because you know i mean as a as a white man myself i'm i'm not attuned to to those things but i i always thought it was very very smart and uh um yeah layered even i loved the original hardware and i'm just gonna have to read this same yeah and then I, i would list icon as the next uh in in the milestone pantheon that had the you know uh, a good amount of depth, right? Oh yeah. Plus, I mean, what what was great about Icon was that he had Rocket, who probably, um, who who is is a sidekick and and a fantastic one at that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, she she obviously. I mean, Icon is he's milestone Superman. He's an alien from another planet, and and he is. Um, He's not black. That was the whole thing. Eddie is not black. Right. And then he was injected into this body that was black. Right. Yeah. He, he, uh, mom, mom at the, uh, back in the 1800s touched the ship and, and it, uh, it detected her and, and basically, uh, that imprinted what, um, what we would get. But the, uh, icon is still, because he is still not, native to this planet there are things that he um i mean he can he can observe and read and and watch all he wants he's still going to come off as an outsider and and someone like rocket um is going to help get him acclimated i mean even though he's he's been around a hell of a lot longer than she's been alive um she was still that tether to, right. to humanity and 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 it uh so he's definitely he's he's completely different than hardware but they they were my um they were my two favorite books me too me too i liked them all read them all oh i mean blood and blood syndicate man that was just blood syndicate blew this this white boy's mind because there were just things that these these guys all that i mean the 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 concepts the ideas the 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 topics that were broached on in 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 that book where you had you know i mean these these are hardcore gangbangers and and uh you know they all have their own issues and 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 they all have their internal drama but you know i mean the the topics that came up whether it was you know homosexuality or uh yes of course race plays a big part in all the milestone books but there's just there are things that blood syndicate just opened my eyes to that were just absolutely insane and and listen i don't want to give static 
the short shrift. It was it, it was the Spider Man of the of the group. But, yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Uh, it was um, it was the more that's it was it was the most lighthearted of the four. Right, but all the books were facets of a whole, right? Yes. Which again, it was a really smart imprint. All, all, all agreed. Yeah, I loved great, it. Great stuff. All right, we're gonna back into our space. Back it up. All right. Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for an eensy-teensy fraction of what everybody else is paying. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, and reap the rewards, such as from Aftershock, Chicken Devil, number one, is going to be $249. Dirtbag Rapture from Oni, this is another number one is going to cost you $1.99. And from Red 5 Comics, Merlin and Hector, number one. It's award-winning. $2.17. In your travels, another number one that I hope you will check out. This is published by Source Point Press. It was written and created by Ivan Lasigto... Mm, I'm sorry... Lassitignola, illustrated and created by Francesco Iaquinta, colors and letters by Lassitignola and Alessi Teruggi, with English translation by Alessia Teruggi. It is called Ruins, number one, Son of the Black Wolves. It is metal as AF, okay? Uh, Starts off, I won't get too deep into it. It's a really simple story. Um, We're talking 850 AC. I didn't know what AC was, so I looked it up. It's ante Christum Natum, which means 850 years before the birth of Christ. I'm going with that. Uh, We're in an area called Alba, which is really Scotland, presently. Uh, Got a dude, uh, a north... Lander, who uh, prays to Balder in Emir. Uh, I guess he was part of a, a group called the Ulves Black, which I'm guessing translates to Black Wolves. And um, he apparently is being accused of betrayal because he's all trussed up on this ship and the, the weather's terrible and the ship is rocking and they're calling him a, you know, a turncoat and a betrayer. Uh, the ship goes kablooey because of the storm uh he works his way onto shore big strapping dude like we're talking massive man and um turns out the uh people of alba don't take too kindly to northlanders and so the book or the narrative at least in this first issue serves two purposes he's misjudged cast aside by his own people and he gets the very same reception from the locals. Um, uh, I mean, he's a monster. He's gigantic. And uh, he's trying to make his way in this strange land. And he does what he does best, and that's killing. He finds a, a hammer. And when greeted by the people, uh, they're fishermen of this region, they attack him. Uh, and it is... Uh, much to their demise because <laughs> he just rips the place apart during the whole thing he's observed by a raven this bird has a weird fascination 
with what uh, this guy, and we'll call him the nameless because he's not named in the book, uh, what he's doing. And, and it turns out the raven is a familiar to a witch. And she's keeping an eye on things. And, uh, well, let's just say the story progressive uh, progresses. The witch is smoking hot. Yikes. Um, but, I again, I loved every bit of this book. The the rendering is savage. It's very Miller-esque in some spots. With the rain, and it's brushy and dirty, and just it, you, it, it just feels metal, right? Um, I guess you could throw out Ashley Wood for some parts of it. Uh, but it's just, visually, I thought it was great. The story is just captivating. I'm in... Um, what I did was I read this issue and I fired up my, my, my email and I said to Miss Wyvon at uh, DCBService.com, I said, can you add ruins uh, two and three to my order? Because I don't want to miss a beat <laughs> of this thing. So, yeah, this is now jumped onto my pull list. So it's called Ruins, number one, subtitled Son of the Black Wolves. And I thought it was great ruined yeah love it um i'm not going to go too deep into this because i don't believe vince got his copy yet um, what's, what's this where, where you and i need to go back and read the issue that kind of led into this from last year uh but in your travels from the black caravan imprint of scout comics count draco knuckle duster Where'd you get that? In your box? No, I did, it's on my pull list at the shop because I don't want to wait for the box. Oh, because I got my box today and it wasn't in there. Mm, that's not good. It wasn't maybe, even on the list, though. Maybe I know. I know. I ordered the it. Date? I don't know. I know it was. It was. It was on the new. Re- oh, I think it came out this week. Oh well, then that explains it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I think it was. Uh, I think it was on the. Um, it was on the new release list for, for this week, I believe. Well, while you're talking gotcha. about it, I'm going to check my box to see if it's in there. What's in the box? In the box. Um, but yeah, I'm almost positive because I, I think it was my top five. It was in my top five of the um, for this week. Anyway, um, this is... Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it still feels, you know, if feels just like phantom star killer uh you do get the origin of old knuckle duster but uh yeah he's um he's a violent bitch and he uh he is not um he's not kind and he uh what he has to do to use his magics and make sure they work um basically don't be near him if he needs to cast a spell. Um, but, but you know, quality presentation, man. Nice, nice, thick. Nice. Cardstock cover. Uh, you get the glossy paper. The art's pretty slick, but it is, uh, it's, it's uh, Peter Goral of Killer Bootlegs is created, co-written, and colored. This issue illustrated and co-written by uh, Joseph Schmalke. Uh, DC Hopkins is your letters. And, um, and yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm, a few pages away from finishing it, but it's um, it's crazy. But like I said, I want to I want to dig out Phantom Starkiller and see um, see if it leads into the other because there I feel like there's some overlapping conversations and right. I would remember them from 
Starkiller if, 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 if I had it uh, next to me. But no, yeah, so in your travels, that's what I'm saying. It says processing. There you go. Um, so it'll be, in, it'll be in the next box. Yeah. Provided they got the issue, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know because it's not in the shipment list, but yeah, it, is, it does say it's well, processing. It says processing. It always kind of it, it does. It worries me slightly. Yeah. Well, maybe it was last week. I but yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Well, in your travels, I couldn't go out on the whole bad week for the number ones. I couldn't do y'all like that. So, in your travels. Please join me in enjoying the unbelievable Unteens number one. This is, of course, the latest in the long line of excellence that is the Black Hammer universe, written by Jeff Lemire, with incredible art by Tyler Crook, who has steadily risen up my pantheon of current artists. I think he's exceptional. Uh, this, uh, like a lot of Black Hammer stuff, has a familiar pastiche. It's um, somewhat of a take on the OG original five X-Men and or the Doom Patrol uh, in that it's a team of young heroes uh, with a elder statesman genius billionaire who brings them together. In this case, he happens to be the dad of one of the members. Um, but the story opens up with uh, a woman by the name of Jane Ito at a Comic-Con, and she's she's just dead-ass tired because she's just gotten done her 35th con commission of the day. And I saw that, and I thought, God damn, would that be my favorite person ever that could bang out 35 con commissions in a day. Seriously. But um, but she is, uh, she is the writer and artist for the hit indie comic, The Unbelievable Unteens, and... Uh, as she's heading back to her hotel room, she is confronted by a um, zombie-esque character in a suit that looks awful lot like a uh, Black Hammer version of Dead Man. We find out his name is Jack Sabbath. And he's like, yo, Jane, you're my girl. I need your help. And she's like, who the fuck are you? You freak. Get out of here. And, you know, turns out that Jane was a member of the uh, of the Unteens, but she has no memory of it. Yet she's been writing these comics and drawing these comics, which, according to Jack Sabbath, uh, are their real adventures. She's just channeling them through some kind of subconscious because she doesn't remember actually having them. And he needs her help to try and rescue uh, Snapdragon, who is one of the other members and the daughter of the founder, uh, from hell because she's trapped there. And there's also, so it turns out Jane Edo was... A light-powered heroine named Strobe of the Living Light. So there was Jack Sabbath, Kid Occultus, Strobe of the Living Light, Snapdragon, and then there was Kid Boom and Straka, who looks a lot like um, uh, what's homeboy that uh, from DC that that's got the uh, that can change into the different elements and whatnot. What's his name? Metamorpho. Uh, yeah, Metamorpho. Uh, looks just like Metamorpho. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was. Listen, I mean, Crook is 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 the star here. The art is beautiful. Watercolors on, you know, painted gouache. It's it's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, I'm, I dig it. As always, nice big, nice as every first issue. Good first issue should have is a nice cliffhanger on the final page, and uh, away we go. Dig it. Sounds great. Yep. The next box. Nice. We get a lot of boxes. All kinds of boxes. I love the boxes. 
Yeah. Got a, got a DCBS box today. Me too. Nice. I forgot that I ordered the Michelini uh, McFarlane Omnibus, and there it was in my box. Nice. A little, little surprise. Yeah, it's always good to be yeah, surprised. Did you, order, did you order Brindavan? A what? I guess not. You didn't order Farrell Brindavan? Uh, no. What is that? That is Tardy's latest graphic novel from Fanta. Oh, no. I didn't get that. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get it. Ah, right, cool. Right. I I have almost the entire uh, Tardy library. I know. Brenda Vaughn. Okay. Excellent. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for listening to this. If you liked it, there's more out there. I'll be so much more of other stuff. Uh, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook. All over the place there. If you would uh, like to see what this whole Patreon thing is about, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and you'll see all that stuff. And uh, as we get closer to uh, the holiday season, we're going to make an announcement where you can go to the site to see and enjoy all the stuff that the patrons see and enjoy. But uh, we haven't finalized what exactly that's going to be. So when the time comes, we'll let you know. And um, we're here for you. So we love you so much. In the meantime, uh, say goodnight. Now you got to try extra hard to screw them up. Yeah, let's do it then. Um, you know what? <sighs> I, we got to get on the, uh, the December logistics with quickness. Yes, we do. With the quickness. Yeah. David, um, mm. you know, that's how it works. Now, nice. I'm going to have to get a tambourine or something or a bugle, <laughs> maybe a ukulele. A, a ukulele. Yeah. There's a love ukulele it. right downstairs. You got a Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Holden plays it. Little guitar. Or a mandolin would be really cute. Mm. He won't even know. He, David. He, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> he was late. <laughs> he was a little tardy. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, all right, little daft tardy. We're out of here, people. We love you so much. Come back next time. Say good night, gentlemen. Good night, gentlemen. Yeah, tardy on my list. That's it for that one. <laughs> <laughs>